Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The session is brought to you by morebeer.com, where every day you can enter to win the beer trip of a lifetime for two to Belgium. Private tours, round-trip airfare, and $500 to spend. Enter now at morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. It's some sugary water, throw it, some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. <laughs> Damn it, man. Oh, my God. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hello, people in the brew world. Hello, podcast land. It's raining in California. Only the second time in history, I think. <laughs> the second time this year. Second time this year, that's for sure. It's uh, raining in California, and Martinez yeah. needs it. Not like the rest of the state needs it. The rest of the state state needs it for irrigation. Right. We need it as a cleanse here. Oh, like a hose it down kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, huh? we need to get this shit out of here kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I read uh, I read a, an article today that uh, folks in Mendocino County are freaking out about the water uh, shortage. I refuse to call it a drought uh, because of illegal marijuana farms are are <laughs> stealing water from the reservoirs. Right? Are yeah. those things still illegal? Five million gallons a day. Really? They, oh. So they think in ninety days Mendocino will have no water because of all wow. these shitty potheads. Yeah. <laughs> No weed. There you Let's go. Just get right to the point. Yeah, because it would be a bigger crisis actually if California ran out of weed. So I say right. that they have priority. Yeah, give them as long much water as they need until it's gone. Yeah, right. that's a that's a bigger crisis. You don't want potheads going nuts about where their weed is. We can, di- you know, little water. Hey, no big deal. Stoners don't need water. They Your need like uh, Dr Pepper. Oh God, I can't. I, you just made me think of like the worst cotton mouth ever. Whenever when I was a stoner, it, you you kind of did need water. The cotton mouth got really bad. There's no cure for that. 
He just <laughs> practiced, I think. Is, is that what it was? I think so. I don't know. I used really? to practice every goddamn day. Did you tried IPA? Uh, I, you know, strong IPAs weren't around then, you know. Right. So maybe. I think <laughs> the things, they got it pretty good now, I'm thinking. It's the new cure. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it cuts that stuff. Yeah, they can run out of water. It can't run out of weed. California's. Well, right. there's the, that question with the, like, the breweries. Like, you know, uh, Lagunitas and Russian River Brewing Company both get their water out of the Russian River. And there's some question about whether uh, this could be on the beer news. Actually, that was that was on the web. Yeah, where Lagunitas is uh, was uh, Jeremy Marshall was being interviewed about how alkaline the water is going to be if they go to their wells. Oh in yeah, Luma. yeah, good point. He says the water'd be like Alka Seltzer. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I was yeah. reading some stuff about what you know what kind of occurs if if there's an actual prolonged drought. It's not and a drought. one of the first things I said is if there is oh, if. an okay. actual if. prolonged drought. Yes, sorry. Um, then uh, the first thing they do is yeah they go to wells right, right? and then, then that's a whole period of time that'll it'll kind of get the farms through and everything else. But that's a good point for brewers. That's that's a bit of a mess. The water changes. That's a big deal. Yeah. Well, that would be interesting. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder how long before Petaluma starts having to dip into the wells. You know, is that I, is that a year d- from I, now? I, I, well, it depends on the rain, right? Yeah. This probably helps. Yeah, because a lot of that water source is local for them, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, the Rush River is fed by local rains. I mean, interesting. Very interesting. Well, we'll see what happens. We got a lot happening on the show for you today. Uh, the Malthouse Falcons, well, a couple of them anyway, because that's a big club right there, yeah. are going to be on the it's program huge. tonight talking about their 40th anniversary. Wow. I believe they are the oldest uh, club in the U.S. I the, think so. The Malthouse Falcons. Yeah. Self-proclaimed, certainly. Yeah, they definitely say they're, they're the well, oldest. Well, nobody challenges it, so there you go. Yeah, I haven't seen a valid challenge anyway. Uh, yeah, they, they, I mean, got, they may have noticed some, but... They've got proof. I saw a photograph of the original Malthouse Falcons people yes i will post that to our live stream page i think i recognize one of those guys <laughs> is that right yeah he's an old guy right now yeah he's like well let's see if he at 40 years if he was legal age he'd be 21 when uh, so i'd be, be at least 61 that might be this guy yeah i think it was james earl jones is that who you thought it was james i say that because as i was looking through the photo a couple of them looked what Familiar in like they're famous now kind of a way. Oh, I was like, I'm really? pretty sure I've seen that guy in a creepy movie. <laughs> One looks like Jim Henson. Well, they are out of yeah. L.A. They are out of L.A. So who knows? There could be some intersection there between uh, right all of actors and homebrewers. All of them look like they were in Boogie Nights. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's get that photo up on the live stream page. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, that way, folks can see it. So we're going to be talking to the Maltos Falcons tonight. They're celebrating their 40th anniversary. A lot of interesting stories from a homebrew club that's been around for that long. I know they got to brew a beer with a, a big, uh, popular, and awesome commercial brewery recently. We'll talk about that. And uh, any other questions you have? I would say that if you've got questions about starting your own club or, or how clubs function, um, this is probably a great time to call in or hit the chat button on our homepage. And uh, Bevo, once she gets here, can uh, take your questions. we got to figure out this Monday thing with Bevo. It's getting yeah. a little ridiculous. It is a little ridiculous. Uh, uh, for I now, mean, I understand can... she has a real job, so I can't. there's not much I can say, but do we have to like hire an interim call screener like for the first 20 minutes of every show? Well, we've been saying that uh, we were going to get an intern for several years now, mm-hmm. so I think it's about time to make that happen. An actual yeah, one? She can come after school. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 did I say it out loud? I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Was, uh, we, we were all thinking it. You just I was I, tapping the spank bank there. 
I almost thought that was my voice. I, I, I realized I was the one doing it in my head, and you said it out loud. Do, do your thoughts come to you in Tasty's voice? I imagine some of them probably do, right? They do. Well, ones like that certainly do. When I'm craving an IPA, it goes, you know, something, well, that's a good IPA. Tasty be thinking. All right, so we got the Falcons in here. A um, couple of things to let you know about. Oh, we're also giving you an update on the Brewcaster Challenge today. Uh Tonight we're going to talk about double IPAs, Imperial IPAs, uh, between Moscow and Doc. Uh, so Doc's going to Doc's got a phone in today. Actually, he's got a sick family, uh-huh. um, but he's going to call in. He's got his recipe uh, all geared up, and uh, and then Scott's going to talk to us about uh, his extract uh, version of it. And the Brewcaster Challenge is officially on. So we'll talk about that today. Awesome. I would like to state for the record that mine is most assuredly an an Imperial IPA. That is not a double. Not a double. No, sir. <laughs> That's fair enough. I'm surprised that you've taken a stand on one side or the other. <laughs> I know. It's out of character. <laughs> well, either it is or it isn't. Right. Uh, all right. So we'll learn about that today. So if you have questions uh, about double IPAs, we got Tasty here to help answer those. You all know that he's uh, pretty damn good at doing that. All right. Stuff I always let you know about. There's merchandise in the store. There's some new stuff in there. We got baby onesies and a bunch of new hats and some ladies wear. And, in fact, it's... Uh, 25% off all ladies' gear for the month of March in the Brewing Network store. Wow. So if you've been holding off on on buying one of our shirts, uh, they do tend to be a little more expensive than the guys' shirts. So maybe you're like, I'm not buying a shirt for her. I can get my own. I get my own damn shirt. Well, now you can do it. Or uh, if you're one of our lovely female listeners, you can go buy one for your damned self. 25% off for the month of March. Everything ladies. Go check it out. Uh, you can also support us by shopping through Amazon by clicking the Amazon link right there on our homepage. It's a big yellow link. And then you just shop as normal, and, and we get a little little piece of the dough. We don't have to do anything. We just sit here on our asses while you shop for Amazon, and they give us a piece of the action. Do we have an Amazon uh, product of the week? Oh, uh, no, not this week. That's just it. keep using it, and uh, thank you to those who so consistently and generously do. Excellent. Watch all this live on uh, thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. Uh, we're, we're operating on live stream now all the time. Just thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. Or you can click the little TV icon on our homepage, and that'll take you over there. We try to get all our shows live, not just the session, but um, Brew Strong. I think that was live over the weekend on live stream. Yep. Dr. Homebrew, we get that up there. Oh, yeah, we do. You can watch past episodes. If you ever want to know what our guests look like, you can go just check out all the show archives there, too. So. Prepare to be underwhelmed, though, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Also, subscribe and join the BN Army. You know, just becoming a recurring donor is a great way to help us out. And a lot of you have been doing that for years. We'd appreciate it if more of you did it, too. It keeps us going. And it enters you into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway, which is a $100 gift certificate that More Beer gives away each month to one lovely, attractive donor, which narrows it down to, like, four of you. Right. Uh, <laughs> the same four people keep winning <laughs> and winning. <laughs> And you don't have to do anything to do that except for sign up as a recurring donor, and then uh, you'll get an email uh, if your name has been drawn. And we do that every single month. It's a nice thing that More Beer does for us. More Beer, the sponsor of this program, this session, and every session. Go visit them over at morebeer.com. You can check out right now that they're doing a, a you might have heard in the pre-roll of the show, a Belgian beer trip giveaway. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like 10 or 14 days. It's a big, long trip. Yeah, for, it's crazy. For two people, and uh, get to go around Belgium and enjoy yourself which, uh, God, who wouldn't want to do that? Go over to morebeer.com right now and uh, see how to enter to win. Even I would do that. That's, yeah. how, that's how awesome it is. Because why not? You know? Because, all right. Because why not, indeed? Because why not? Uh, get all these updates and more over on Twitter. and Yeah. Uh, send show ideas over to Scott the Jew. 
at Scott, S-C-O-T-T, <laughs> at thebrewingnetwork.com. Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Everything else goes over to JP. JP. Who's on it? Answering your I'm on it right now. Send me an email. I'll respond. I don't care. <laughs> Do it right now. Test it out right now. See yeah. if JP actually answers JP at thebrewingnetwork.com. And, you know, we do need your show ideas. We, yeah. You know, we get a lot of requests for different breweries. Oh, you know, my local brewery should be on, and this local brewery should be on. And, and, and those work out really well. We, we get to know some nice breweries that way. Yeah. But you should also send your educational ideas. If you want Tasty to talk about some different topics or, uh, you know, any of the professionals we can bring into here. Just <laughs> 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 you won't know. <laughs> <laughs> Any of your show uh, ideas, homebrewing related, uh, brewing related, we, we'd love more topics from you so that we can, you know, accommodate your needs. Indeed, and, and I do get a lot of good ones, and it's a good time to say now that I don't always have a chance to respond to all of them, so please don't think that it went to nowhere. I, I do see your emails, so keep them coming. There you go. Send those over to scottthebrewingnetwork.com. All right, it's time for our Twitter game, isn't it, JP? It is time for our Twitter game, Justin, that's right. The Twitter game is brought to you today by our wonderful friends over at the 21st Amendment Brewery, uh, who just announced their, like, multi-million dollar brewing campus, you'll note, in the press releases. It's a campus. Oh, of course. uh, In San Leandro, which is now making San Leandro one hell of a brewing destination. 21st Amendment opened in a brand new brewery so they can brew a lot more beer right here in California. And yes, they're still putting it in cans. At what point is it officially an empire? It's not the 21st Amendment Brewery, it's the 21st Amendment Empire. I think they're there. Yeah, that's a good question. I think the construction of a Death Star has something to do with that. That's true. At least a third campus. If you think about it, Stone is probably now an empire. They have the World Garden home, the Death Star of brewing. (laughs) Right. And then they have the whole second gardens down at Liberty Station. Right. And then they also have these little annexes, these little satellite beer shops where you just buy stone beer. That's all they do. It's like a stone beer shop all over the place. And they're building a hotel across from the Death Star. Yeah, that's an empire. (laughs) I think they're an empire, right? I wonder how much Northern California water it takes to uh, water the gardens at Stone. (laughs) Stone at Stone in, San, in the desert yeah, of if, San Diego. If there's a weed shortage, it's Stone's fault. It could be Stone's Which is fault. kind of ironic. It's certainly not Sully's fault. No. Uh, you know. Because right now, a lot of his beers brewed in another state. Even. Well, they have well, no, no shortage in Minnesota. And he has no garden. <laughs> the campus might, though. Although I've seen San Leandro. I don't think a garden's going <laughs> to... I think it'll be more like a cement campus. It'll be like a cactus farm. Nothing against San Leandro. I, I oh, there's it. a lot against San Leandro. <laughs> like That's Nathan funny. living there? Yeah, like Nathan. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I love Drake's, uh, and and clearly the water's fine, because I love yeah. that Drake's beer, yeah. but you don't see any giant garden at Drake's, you know. No. Not a healthy one, anyway. It's a garden at Walmart. It's more of a Walmart weed patch <laughs> right there. So. And not the good kind of weed patch. That being said, I'm sure that the 2NA uh, location is going to be fabulous, and we're real excited about it. Go over to 21st-amendment.com. You can read on the blog and, and see all about it. Yeah. Where did we go? <laughs> what's our Twitter game? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I think 2014 for us is starting off pretty well, but uh, I would like to continue the trend through Q2 uh, and, and move into Q3 with uh, the Brewing Network being high and, and feeling really good about themselves. Um, so I would like the Brewing Network Army to pay us a compliment. Oh, to compliment us! Today. I think we need a compliment. I think <laughs> right. I think we're we're just about there. We're we're right at the almost the apex of our abilities, right? And we need just a, an extra little confidence boost to kind of get us through the day. So, uh, yeah, pay us a compliment. I like also how you've got us in Q three here in uh, you know March. 
first. Well, March third. It's well, I'd say through Q two up we're, into we're very, Q three. We're very efficient. Then, well, you know, we we like to look ahead. It's the re, that's the internal rebranding. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, pay us a compliment, yeah. and the best compliment will win a prize from JP's little hat. I don't know where he gets his prizes from. <laughs> a little lower than that. I think he gets it from JP's little hat. <laughs> yeah. The fuck do I know? Uh, that's our Twitter game today. All right, how about some feedback? Should we do that? Yeah. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, feedback's brought to you today by homebrewstuff.com, who's doing a great promotion here in March. It's March Homebrew Madness over at homebrewstuff.com. They're giving away prizes each week, and the grand prize at the end of the month is uh, you either get a jockey box set up or like a hundred bucks uh, to spend over at Homebrew Stuff, right? Yeah, wow. it'll, be, it'll be set up just like the uh, the, the basketball tournament. So there'll be uh, sixteen winners and then eight winners and then four, and it'll be a, a whole tournament. So follow it. So each week, that's we're doing it bracket style over at homebrewstuff.com. You can go to homebrewstuff.com/slash/promotions, and uh, you'll be able to check it out over there. You might see the ads running in some of the magazines too, but they're taking good care of you over there at homebrewstuff.com. All right, a couple good things in the feedback this week. Hello, gents and Bevo. Uh, all I want to say is, holy shit, Pivo Pills is amazing. The only reason I bought it is because you fuckers won't shut up about it. Now I know why. Thanks for the great recommendation. Keep it up, boys and gal. We do love that beer, and so we're glad you went and found it. That's Anthony from Illinois, so he's getting it way out there in Illinois, too. Good beer. I had some this weekend. Camping. Brought Pivo Pills camping. You have to. Camping in the rain. All right. Uh, Brendan writes in. Hi, Brendan. Brendan's from Australia. Oh. Uh, hello, Justin and team. I was excited to hear you're coming to the Australian National Homebrewers Conference this year. Although our countries have a common lineage that they were both spawned from England, there are several differences that I think you need to be aware of before you come. Uh, <laughs> so you're not immediately identified as tourists. Yeah, I'm, I'm all ears. You ready, ready, Tasty? Sure, I'm ready. I'm taking notes. Number one. Mm-hmm. Yes, most of the native animals can kill you. Oh. Uh, you may need to watch... Uh, Steve Irwin reruns to learn how to fend these animals uh, off. Right. Just, he just, doesn't set a very good example of how to well, fend they, animals off. Well, he does say he, just don't watch the stingray one as that one's still being investigated. Right. So, yeah. Uh, number two, all measurements are in metric. So you may need to either learn metric or get an app. Who wants to guess which of those choices I will choose? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, number three, uh, cookies are called biscuits. Uh, this one is mainly for tasty, he says. Yeah. So you'd be handing out... Duly noted. Tasty biscuits. Tasty biscuits. It doesn't have the same ring to it. No, but I uh, like it as... You a, know, I could make some biscuits instead. I think then it I'll has, call them biscuits. I think it has a nice ring to it, and it could be part of your international branding. You know, if you... if you International. Well, if you have shirts over there, they should be tasty biscuits shirts. That's true. I kind of like the differentiation. Yes. You know? All right, well, just keep it in mind. Uh, Here we go, number four. Blue jeans, white trainers, and a fanny bag will make you stand out as a tourist. (laughs) See, Uh, that's the same here. Which brings us to number five. In the U.S., a fanny is a person's backside. In Australia, a fanny is another name for a vagina. Oh, So so the fanny bag has dual meaning for the tourists. I got a big old fanny. I believe I've said I have I have traveled internationally with a rather famous person in the brewing world. Uh, we stayed at the same hotel. We woke up the next morning. We were going to go traveling around the international city that we were in. Yeah. And lo and behold, he comes out in a uh, 
bit of a track suit, white trainers, and a fanny bag, and a baseball hat, which really? baseball hats are really not worn in other countries yeah, either. Like Super Dave. Except in the hip-hop culture. Right. You may have seen that, JP. Tucker years. Was he chewing uh, gum? He was... <laughs> I mean, it was everything you wow. could do wrong. Every cliche. So, anyway, we'll take the, we'll note this advice. All right. Um, number six. Which one uh, who it was? Uh, I yeah, I do. Who was it? Just say it. Uh, I think I've probably said it on the shows before. Oh. So some listener heard it, and they'll maybe uh. they'll maybe. Well, he dressed himself, right? I mean, it's not like you're outing anything. Yeah, I you know he dressed himself, but he just uh, couldn't believe it when he showed up. Yeah, I just I was still surprised. Like what? Especially because you're trying to be like a mom. Especially because said person, you know, travels internationally quite often. Yeah. Um, and I, but well, maybe these things have changed by now. I don't know. But uh, anyhow, these things. Yeah, you think that that person would have like you'd fit right into the crowd? He'd be wearing what everybody else is wearing. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Number six. Uh, Canberra, or Canberra, I don't know how to pronounce it yet. That's the Australian capital. Where the ANHC is being held is a landlocked territory with no beaches. Uh, it is the Australian version of Delaware. So I guess uh, huh? guess I can leave my wetsuit at home. Hating on Delaware. <laughs> Out of nowhere, too. Yeah. And finally, while most Americans think that they are the masters of the English language, this does not mean that they are the masters of accents. Please do not try and learn an accent or say good day, mate, while you are here. <laughs> Cheers from Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I say that's a pretty those good. Are great yeah. uh, those are yeah, good email. Speaking Very of good, of trying to help us out. Yeah. Speaking of uh, to the point of number one, where most of the animals can kill you. Yes. I came across this photo today on the internet. Uh oh. It's a oh. picture of a snake eating an alligator. <laughs> For the love of God, why would you want to go there? These are the things for, between now cool. and October that JP will stack his brain with yes. to convince himself it's fine he's not going to Australia with us. I did see that, actually. It's rather frightening. <laughs> yes. The sheer amount of poisonous spiders is what is what gets me because they are the ones that sneak up on you. You know, they sneak. They're not very. They're not known for their loud <laughs> creeping ability. Those spiders. Uh, well, yeah. if any other Aussies want to send us uh, some more tips, that, that'd be deeply appreciated. We'll take them, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We don't know what the hell we're doing yeah, over no there. Fucking idea. Yeah. All right. Adam writes in. I just listened to the first half of the Brewmaster Challenge, yeah. which I believe he means the Brewcaster Challenge, right? Um, the Brewcaster Challenge show. He says, my understanding of the origin of double IPA, uh, of course, we were going back and forth about whether it's double IPA or imperial IPA. My understanding of the origin of double IPA is that it comes from the imperial IPA abbreviation. So instead of IPA, it's IIPA, ah. being the double IPA. DIPA or Imperial IPA. Makes sense. To, to further. All right. Uh, if you go by this, double IPA is really another way to say the Imperial IPA abbreviation. Uh, he seems to think it's interchangeable and easier to say than IIPA. I-I-P-A. However, I-I-P-A. in my opinion, using Imperial IPA does sound fancier yes. than double IPA. Exactly. Which, of course, is why Moscow likes. Yeah. Exactly. Or old. It's old. Because it sounds it sounds like he's in the 40s. Right. Which right. is where Moscow right. dreams he lives. Right. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mac, no bourbon, but I got an Imperial IPA for you. Yeah. And while we're drinking uh, it, we can fight Imperial Japan. Yes. <laughs> I'll pour another hand pump. You go dance with the floozy. <laughs> All right. Here's another one from Australia. Oh, Steve. By, oh, by the way, I do think it's double IPA, not Imperial. And not Imperial. <laughs> yeah, it's twice the hops, twice the malt. But what is Imperial then? Different I than that? Know, somebody's making a more generic term. For like uh, Imperial came first, though. 
double Scotch ale. It'd be like an Imperial Scotch ale. I mean, Imperials. But, but but you're not saying that Imperial doesn't infer double it infers hops, that. double malt. It does infer okay. that. That's but all, it's yeah. a more generalized for all styles. Okay. A double IPA is just. A, but but it's not always double the malt and double the hops, right? It's, well, it's increased, what but the it's original. Not double. Uh, are we in agreement that, that uh, a Southern California bird uh, invented the double IPA? No. I don't think there was any real argument against that. No. That, that Vinny did, right. in fact, invent the double IPA. Correct. Well, let's just ask him. I've never heard a legitimate argument. We'll, against, ask, him what, yeah. we'll ask him what's That's a good Dan Del Grande uh, from Bison Brewing Company is in the studio. He's going to be talking to us about the Bacon and Beer Festival in the next segment. But, Dan, Howdy. Imperial IPA or double IPA, does it matter which one it's called? I think, I think they're uh, one and the same. Oh. One. Take a stand, baby. I do like well, it. I, 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 know they're, I know they're one of them. That is a stand. Yeah, he did take a stand. Okay. But that's unfortunate. That's we should have one, and I'm voting for uh, double IPA. And I do like the idea of asking Vinny what yeah. his opinion is, too. Okay. We'll do that. Should I tell him call in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll clear the lines. All right, Steve. This <laughs> <laughs> is going to keep ringing and ringing. Uh, all right. Another one from Australia. Steve from Sydney writes in, Hey, Justin and team, it was great to hear that some of you are heading to this end of the world for our conference uh, and beers. Uh, To that end, I hereby pledge 200 Australian dollars. He says probably only about $3.85 in U.S. But hey, it's the thought that counts. To the crowdfund source thingy, let us know how to donate. You know plenty of us uh, Aussie listeners will support this. Cheers, Steve from Sydney. Well, Steve, thank you for your pledge of support. Uh, We've actually got uh, another meeting with the Australian National Homebrew Conference uh, body this week. We're also finalizing our fundraising plans, and we should, within a week or so, be able to announce exactly where and how to donate. We're going to come up with other ways to raise money, too. We're going to do everything we can to get as much of the crew there as possible. So stay tuned to the show. We'll also put it up on our social media pages, the Twitter and the thing with the face, uh, very soon. um, So you can know where to send your $200, and we appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a little worried about the fundraising, I'll, I'll be honest with you, because... The conference itself is like 350 people-ish, something like that. So we're doing some events outside of the conference, I think, is the plan. Some listener-type parties. We just kind of hang out and, well, let's face it, get drunk together. Right. Um, Which is what you do in Australia. But if only, you see what I'm getting at is even if all 350 people were to donate a, a small portion, we don't want this to be expensive for anybody, it's like $2,000 a flight. To get us there. Yeah. Yeah. And our stupid crew is enormous. What are there, eight of us or something? So. Are you implying that some of us have to buy two seats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that kind of enormous. Oh. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, I'm just voicing my concern about, about how much money we're going to be able to raise. But I should have faith in you, Australian listeners. There's many of you. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I personally will also be doing some other travel. I'm not going to just stay in Canberra. I'm going to go to Sydney and Melbourne. So there's some chances for it that you don't, even if you're not going for the conference, maybe we can meet up in other locations too. Yeah. I'm doing like three days of conference and then, I don't know, two weeks of Australia. Why the hell fly to Australia no, it make if sense. you're not going to go see the, you know, some right. of the, yeah. you know, I'm going to go live in the bush for a few days. You have a walkabout? I'm going to have a walkabout. No, I'm going right. on walkabout. Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget your fanny pack. Do you think I should do walkabout before the conference? Oh, yeah. Well, you need to be centered for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I'll never make it back from walkabout. Right. Um, that's what I'm hoping. I mean... <laughs> that's, that's what the ANHC is hoping, yeah. too. If In you, fact, they're the ones scheduling my walkabout. I, you, I, that was so generous of them. I think you're rocketing up to number one on the death pool. <laughs> yeah. 
I asked, I was like, don't I need a guide or something? They're like, no, 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 we'll just drop you in this, we know this great location. A guide or a gun uh, or a car? Nope, here's a knife. They said, no, no, they're very supportive over there. I, I think they believe in me. They, they, well, they should. Yeah. They're, they said, no, we'll get, we're going to give you a 12-ounce bottle of water and, uh, and these leather moccasins. Right. Uh, they call them moccasins. You have to sew them together, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll let you know how to donate soon. And a couple more things here. Dearest Brewcasters. Uh, That's us. I don't know what this is about. This one's a bit strange. I think it's about your interview with Anchor about their IPA release, Moscow. Oh, yeah? Was there a big to-do made about the elephant on their label? Like, they're the only ones to put elephants? Um, I might have said that I hadn't seen that yet. And are they correcting me? Is it out there? Yeah. You want me to read it? I mean, yeah. that's all it is. I guess. Uh, Where are they in seen? the interview with Anchor Brewing from San Francisco Beer Week, there was a large focus on the unique Indian elephant, elephant theme of the new Anchor IPA label. While I agree that I've not seen many IPAs with this style of branding, they're certainly not the first. Uh, Odell Brewing Company has used an elephant branding on their IPA for years. Thank you for all you do. And the information, Aaron. So, cool. There you I'm, go. I'm, uh, oh, yeah, I'm Google imaging it. I see it now. Um, yeah, I was just more commenting on um, the fact that it, it's not common given how it, it's 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 sort of a shoe-in for the style, you know, India pale ale and the sort of India elephants. Like, sure. You, Surprising we're not seeing it on every IP. Right, exactly. I see what you mean. I think that's a good point, Moscow. Yeah, I hadn't seen this label before, though, so thanks for the uh, correction. If you made an Imperial IPA, or, uh, would it be uh, an elephant with a crown on its hand, or would it be two elephants? <laughs> that's what... Oh. Is it a double? Oh, good. Well, the uh, variation. I mean, one... Two elephants? A company could have the crown, uh, which would be more clever. Right. All right. <laughs> Finally, uh, Michael Marino writes in, uh, Hey, I was listening to the session a couple weeks ago in the background. Uh, while working and was totally surprised to hear my name called out because I was selected to win a beer from the Lost Abbey box set for entering one of my beers into the National Homebrewers Conference with the BN as my club. I got the beer in the email today and just wanted to thank you, not just for the beer, but for all the shows and the hard work behind them and information you pass on. Proud to have the BN as my club. I've learned uh, more from you about brewing than anywhere else. Cheers from Michael. Uh, from Michael. So, hey, you're welcome, and thanks for entering and winning under the BN Club. We hope yeah. you enjoy the last uh, Lost Abbey beer. Uh, don't be afraid to send us a note on how it was. So, I would love to hear how it was. There's still a couple bottles down there. Have you not heard from there's, people? There's one left that I need to send out. Um, oh, okay, but you have heard from all our winners. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. That's. Yeah. I just want to make sure that everyone's heard that they won. Oh, no. They're, yeah, they should, everyone should have their beers except for... Poor Pat downstairs. Okay. All right. And finally, our spam of the week. It's a quick one. It's a good one. It's from Chan Too Soon. Uh, Tao Soon? Chan Tao Soon. Too Soon. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Chan says, I am the chairman of the audit committee of UOB Singapore. I know about a secret account worth millions. If we work together, we can lay claims to it without hitches. And that's it. Respond and say, yes, we're in on this one as well. Yes. Yeah. Tell them I, uh, I don't have a, a hitch in my car, so I'm, I'm in for this. It is sort of like an Indiana Jones movie. Like, I've just found some letter, you know, that was handed to me yeah. in the 40s that says, I know about a secret account worth millions. Dun, dun, if we, dun, 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 if we work together, we can lay claim to it. We can lay claim to it without hitches. A secret account. Why don't people say lay claim to? We don't do that enough. I lay claim to the front seat of this vehicle before we get to where we're going. Yeah, not shotgun. Okay. <laughs> no, I would like to lay claim. <laughs> Hoist anchor. When do we sail? <laughs> it's like we're heading off to the uh, yes. unknown worlds. Yes. Well, as always, I, I assume we haven't heard back from any of our spams no, no. as of yet. But uh, 
I'll take this one on oh, yeah. as well. Yes. Just All right. The money. Yeah. Please respond. Yes. And where's your bank account so I can forward you funds to start laying claim? All right. Don't forget that uh, feedback's brought to you today by homebrewstuff.com. I need to get us to a break, but first I want to let you know real quick about the AHA Governing Committee elections. They're going on right now, and there's uh, like 25 candidates, so a lot of highly qualified people. There are some incumbents uh, who've been doing a wonderful job. Uh, you can go uh, read all of their bios at homebrewersassociation.org. You'll recognize some of the names, some people uh, from the BN. Of course, Kim Wood, we've mentioned, is running. She's a highly qualified candidate. And uh, several others. Uh, and and there's several seats open, too. So please go vote. If you are an AHA member, if you're not a member, sign up. You should be. They do wonderful things for you and for us, and uh, we appreciate them very much. So go check it out. Homebrewersassociation.org. Vote for your governing committee. Okay. Well, how was that, huh, guys? It was great. It's a great first segment, don't you think? I thought it was fantastic. We killed it. Can we do it again? <laughs> Let's Hello, it's raining in Martinez. Welcome wow. to the program. You know, we need the rain, not for the drought, because to wash out the silence. The weed? Yeah. Is that what it was? I don't know. That's how we started. Dan Del Grande is in studio from Bison Brewing Company. We're going to talk about... The Bacon and Beer Festival. Yeah. It doesn't get... I mean, maybe if it was bacon, beer, and boobs. But it's pretty goddamn close. But when we get back, Bison talking about bacon and beer with us. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. 
21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch Do out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with us. Got some things to do today. First and foremost, talk about bacon and beer. Mm. Man, I think I'm going to this fest, Dan. I know. I heard. Yeah. You're on the list. Yeah. And uh, the fun part about it is uh, so tasty. I'm bringing Nicole Ernie, who's pretty much a vegetarian, but she's agreed to eat bacon 
and do interviews with people. Wow! While eating bacon, has she really? While high yes. on bacon, yes. While high on bacon, I mean, we you know we got to do a little BN style to it. So I thought, who would be great to go with me and do interviews? <laughs> who can I corrupt? And it was like, wait a minute, is Nicole's great at tasting things? She's an excellent Cicerone palate, right? But she's a vegetarian. Wow. So I thought this, Ooh, would this be great. is a smoky bacon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, tell us about the, the Bacon and Beer Festival, Dan. Well, the Bacon and Beer Festival, it's our second uh, Bacon and Beer Festival that we're done, we've done here in the Bay Area. There's been about, um, about 10 Bacon and Beer Festivals across the country. It's uh, um, a guy named Aaron Cohn kind of started it. He came to me and said, hey, Dan, why don't you do the Bacon and Beers in the Bay Area? So we did one last August okay. in, uh, at the Fairmont Hotel. We oh, were, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had uh, 25 breweries and uh, 25 restaurants at that one. Okay. And we were able to raise, uh, you know, along with all my colleagues, we raised $9,300 for uh, Sprouts, which is a cook, Sprouts Cooking Club, which is an organization in Oakland. Okay. Uh, this time we're benefiting Oakland Grown, which is a, uh, a sustainable uh, sustainable organization out of Oakland, working on Oakland businesses and, um, you know, that. The variety of things that we can do uh, with uh, bringing the um, cooking and uh, sourcing out farmers markets and all the like jams and um, things like that. Excellent artisanal products grown in Oakland or made in Oakland in the East Bay. So all proceeds go to help out that organization. Go to this Oakland year. Grown, right? Love it. Okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of advocate. One of my little um, themes is to uh, let people know that. All these breweries are really generous with their time and their products. Restaurant tours are the same. Yeah. And so keep in mind when you're going to these uh, street festivals, at least in California, that you have to have a, like a legitimate 501c3 yeah. that's benefiting. And a lot of times the street festivals don't really kick that much cash out to a worthy cause. But you know, I'm trying to do events that are, are pretty substantial for these organizations. Excellent. You do make a good point. Uh, the legality of it is that brewers can only donate products to, like you said, a, a legitimate 501. Mm-hmm. And and that product's not free. Um, I think a lot of people starting new festivals in the for-profit segment kind of forget that. Uh, but we really appreciate brewers who do that. Our winter beer festival is, is yep, run the same right. way, and people donate the beer that way. And we raise a lot of money for Coral and, and for the City of Concord's music program, their nonprofit division, too. Right. Um, but it's important because we couldn't do that without the brewers, and I guess in this case, too, the, the restaurants donating their time and, and it's it's real money, even though it's in the form of yeah, product. Yeah, we've got uh, Zoe's Meats up in uh, Petaluma. They're donating all the bacon to all the different restaurants. Right now, we've got 28 restaurants that'll be there. Wow. Uh, and 25 breweries. Are you going to have numbers about how many pounds of bacon were uh, used up at the oh, Bacon please. and Beer Fest? And how yeah. many pounds were gained by the attendees? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of bacon grease, too. Yeah, there's tamales coming out. Uh, some really wonderful tamales made with my chocolate stout. There's... Uh, um, there's going to be um, uh, these little crudités with uh, bacon-wrapped scallops from a oh, nice. restaurant. And all of this stuff is uh, geared to go with, uh, um, not paired specifically with beer, but you have a whole range of all these different uh, uh, creations from chefs, and then you get to find the best pairing uh, when you get that food to go around and find the best beer you think will go with it. So the idea is you go to some of these restaurants and you say, look, we love to have you a part of this, but you gotta, you got to come up with an awesome bacon dish. Yes, they, okay. uh, they get all the same amount of bacon, and then they put their love and attention into it and come up with something delicious. Okay. Oh, I see. So you give them the bacon on site, and they just come in and, and do what they do. Yeah, they get the bacon three or four days ahead of time, and they can okay. prepare it however they want. Got it. 
and you know breweries aren't doing special bacon beers or anything like that right just showing up with uh which is a good which is good because that's overboard like one bacon beer fine right but if we had to go around and have 25 bacon beer it's going to lose its luster after you know two yeah <laughs> so like that or for a lot of people, zero. It's because it's basically just a Roush beer, right? It's just smoked beer. It becomes a very, yeah, it yeah, just which becomes a smoked beer. Almost nobody likes. Or a beer with no head. Yeah, right. Or or if they use actual bacon, <laughs> yes, it's a beer then with no head. Uh, that's a smoked beer. Well, that's good. So we're still act- looking for actual pairings, not just gimmicky bacon beer all the way through. Yeah, I mean, the chefs that are putting their um, time and effort into this really have a, um, they're high-level restaurants uh, that, some really creative things coming out and last year we uh, there were a couple of the pairings were so good they had long lines um you know just like you'd see a long line at a you know russian river sure release of something excellent a uh, bit of information if you want to go find it yourself you can go to uh what is it bacon and uh slash oakland uh, because bacon and beer is all over the the country apparently Correct. now, so baconandbeer.net slash Oakland, and it will bring you uh, to the fest page. Uh, when is it? Uh, how much is it's it? All that this coming Sunday, the uh, March ninth, and it is a whopping forty dollars for all the beer and bacon oh, you can get down your gullet. That's a good deal. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good deal. With because all the we food run this too. really lean, uh, yeah. most of that money is going to the uh, the organizations. We've got about. Um, I don't know, 780 tickets are sold so far. Um, our capacity is uh, 1,200, so... Sounds like it's going to sell out. Yeah, it will. Okay. Last year, we sold out in the Fairmont. Are mine and Nicole's media passes secured? Yes, they are. Because I, I don't want to miss out. I just added Tasty's. Oh, excellent. Tasty can help us cover it, too. Tasty can report back on the show how, how Nicole's face looked with me <laughs> after five pairings. Yeah, that's true. She's got this issue. Well, maybe you guys just started your Instagram account. Maybe you can you know really try to get a lot of these brewers who are going to be there putting some delicious pork products in their mouth along with Nicole and you. Absolutely. I think that's the key. So, uh, now, Scott, I know you're you're busy that weekend, so it sucks for you. Yeah. But I will do some recorded audio a la, a la Scott Moskowitz, and we'll bring it back that way. But I do, I love the idea. I'll log in with our Instagram deal, and every time Nicole eats a piece of bacon <laughs> with a brewer, I'll try to pair, I'm pairing Nicole with brewers all day long. Uh, we'll snap some photos oh, that. Be really fantastic. What, what if this... Uh, what if this turns her around, you know, and she goes, you know what, I'm missing too much Once with this vegetarian. Bacon, you never go back. Yeah, right. and she just, you know, she throws uh, vegetarianism to the wind. You know, I think what's going to happen is she's going to go hang out at Whole Foods and eat hard tofu for oh, 10 to hours. To go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Double down on the on the hippieism. Well, it's a good point. Our timing is a little odd because, you know, we just announced, I believe, last week that her and uh, Nate, uh, who's who's a vegetarian, you know, they're engaged. Ooh. We might ruin her for him. Yes. If she goes all meat after this, she might to be... the other side? Like, one of them might go, look, I don't know that yeah. I can live like can this. I don't know if I like you anymore. <laughs> Nate's like, is there... Can I take it back, or will you not marry me? There's know. no way... There's no way... There's absolutely no way that Nate would go, yeah, you know, I'm not going to eat meat for you. There's no way. You know, you you got to know that he's being a vegetarian for her, right? Oh, I think it's the other way around. I, I don't think, think he so. no, he was the veggie. Really? Yeah. That surprises me a lot. Right. So now like, oh, I should film this too. He should have to do a big sloppy kiss right when she gets home all yes. all bacon all meaty, all mm-hmm. grease tasting mm-hmm. meaty. <laughs> Take an Instagram <laughs> of that. Uh, uh, is it time for an Adam and Eve read or what? <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure he's the yeah he's the victim. Yeah. So huh. yeah, he was. Yeah. So he could walk right out. He could or be yes. like, listen, this is, walk right this is too much. She would never let him. <laughs> well, it, I'm I'm excited about the yeah. Uh, check the it whole out. Thing. It's going to be fun. And uh, like I said last year, we had a uh, um, a pretty a sellout crowd. The, all the brewers were happy. We uh, you know, as a brewer myself, I put on events to. Uh, make it easier for the brewers to load in and out, the restaurants yeah. to load in and out. And uh, we did that on purpose so that people would want to come back and bring their good beers. And Right. Where in Oakland is it? It's in Jack London Square. Oh, the, beautiful. The, uh, very end of Jack London Square, there's that kind of unfinished space that's the uh, w- would-be farmer's market. Oh, yeah. So easy to get to. Very nice Lots space. Lots of parking on Sunday. Been down there for like the the Eat Real Festival. Yeah, down, and exactly. It's, it's a good spot for beer and food festivals. Yeah, too. and Oakland Grown is uh, tied into Eat Real. They do okay, a lot of events together. So it's for a great cr- uh, cause. Did you say twenty? How many breweries? Uh, twenty five. Okay, and twenty five restaurants. Twenty seven well. restaurants. Twenty seven right restaurants. Yeah. What is? What time does it uh, start? It's two thirty to five. Okay. Yeah. If you're in the city, you can take the ferry across to. Uh, um, Jack London Square, mm-hmm. there's a 1 o'clock ferry that leaves from um, the Ferry Plaza in San Francisco and puts you there right in time. Excellent. What's this beer you brought with you from Bison here? Uh, I brought a new uh, beer that we released for SAC Beer Week and uh, San Francisco Beer Week called Saison de Wench. It's a Saison brewed with uh, rose petals, mm-hmm. hibiscus, rose hips, and lemongrass. Is this named after the lovely Ashley Routson? Yep, the, the beer, beer wench, wench herself. Yeah. She took my uh, she took my saison uh, and decided to make it pink. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm shocked. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, like, I have an hair. I have an idea. Let's make it like my hair. <laughs> so what color it is now? It yeah, it's got a nice uh, pink oh. blush to it. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And your uh, this is for Sack Beer Week too. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, Sack Beer Week's going on right now. I was up there today doing some events and. Uh, more events tomorrow and the next day. I've never made it up to Sacramento Beer Week, uh, only because we just end up so busy after uh, both SF Beer Week and uh, we're kind of playing catch up the whole time. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's really growing up there, the beer scene at Sacramento. Yeah, it's hot. It's good. There's lots of uh, tap rooms that are opening up. I actually, my event today, I was doing a Cicerone training uh, for the Level One Cicerone for a bunch of retailers, and uh, excellent. They're interested in finding out about. Um, what they need, need to know to serve craft beer well. Right. Uh, we spent a lot of time today talking about uh, draft line cleaning and okay. uh, what they need to do to keep the beer at the right you know, carbonation level. I'll tell you what, Dan, the Hop Grenade, we're opening our own taproom, might need to solicit your services for the same reason. Wow. Well, we want to make sure that our people are, are uh, Cicerone knowledgeable. We want to make sure that they know how to talk about our beer, serve our beer properly. Yep. So uh, we might need to get you in there, too. Yeah, we do a five-hour a five hour, uh, se- uh, session where we teach people what's up, and then they sit down and take the, the uh, exam. Um, which takes, I don't know, about an hour or so. Is that the certified server exam or the system? Correct. Yeah. This is the first level of certified server. Yeah. Yeah. Well, excellent. I, I think every beer server, I don't care what the place is, should have that. If you have beer on tap, if you have craft beer on tap, beer, I should yeah. say, mm-hmm. I think you should have to be a, you know, pretty damn yeah. close. It's amazing when you actually educate people and give them, everybody knows something about beer. I mean, that's why they're in the craft beer business. But when you actually start to talk about, you know, things like, what's the temperature of your beer? Yeah. Um, you know, why is it foamy? And give them some of the science behind what's going on. They they realize, oh, this, this is important stuff to, <laughs> right. to make the beer actually taste like the brewer intended. Yeah. Our product is important stuff. The yeah. thing that we sling <laughs> is to, important yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Cool. 
Well, Dan, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Baconandbeer.net slash Oakland. It sounds like you should get your ticket sooner rather than later if you sell out uh, at that fairly low capacity, I would say. So go get your tickets now. Uh, I will be there. Tasty will be there. Nicole will be there. And maybe you'll have a Nicole eating bacon sighting. Can you guys bring me some bacon back uh, from the fest, please? <laughs> nope. No? Even if I said I would, it would get eaten on the way home. <laughs> right. So I'd be lying. <laughs> I did my mom put you up to this. Tell him no. Tell him it'll be gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott was my other. I was like, okay, first of all, Scott the Jew. We have to send him. <laughs> Nicole and Moscow. And then Moscow wasn't available. I'm like, next, who does? Oh, Nicole doesn't eat meat. Nicole. <laughs> I never think of like, who would be ideal who really likes bacon? and <laughs> Who can I torture? Yeah, that would be stupid. Uh, all right. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And you can go check out, learn about Saison de Wench at, uh, is it bisonbrewing.com? All right, do that. You can learn about all the bison beers over there. Uh, support a great cause. Um, go to baconbeerfestival.net slash Oakland. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, it's the Maltos Falcons. Drew Beecham will be on the line with us. Everybody loves Drew. How do you not like Drew? They'll be on talking about 40 years of brew clubbing it. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about my favorite heretic beer, Shallow Grave Porter. I love the rich, multi character of this beer. While full and rich, Shallow Grave has an easy drinking finish that isn't too sweet. I've always loved my homebrew porter recipe, so when it's time to brew Heretic Shallow Grave, I started with that in mind. But I tweaked it with all my latest recipe ideas. Just like in homebrewing, I made sure we used only the finest malts, malts that would produce the ideal flavor for this beer. We used select British malts to get the rich chocolate and caramel flavors that we spared no expense. The result is a beer as dark as a moonless night with hints of vanilla, coffee, and chocolate. Perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Cheers. Will 
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, they've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract so you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. Woohoo! Awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. Folks, welcome back to the program, and thanks for hanging out with us. Need to let you know about Beersmith Brewing Software. That's right, your Beersmith Brewing Software, the best place to go put all your recipes and work on your home brewing. Uh, go to Beersmith.com right now. You can get a free 21-day trial. It's fantastic software. You know, every time I talk to home brewers now, uh, they talk to me about switching over. Uh, everyone's listening to our advice, and, and of course, with the free 21-day trial, you, you hardly have to take our word for it. But uh, I saw Kim Wood this weekend, and she oh, nice. said, you know, I, I finally switched over. She said it was a hard switch to decide upon because you, 
you know, when you're using the old software for so long, you, you kind of get comfortable. But she was already, you know, happy with, with the outcome and, and, and getting to know it pretty quick. The good thing about Beersmith, if you're afraid of making that switch, uh, because it's a whole learning curve and there, there are a lot of features over on Beersmith, is that there are video tutorials about how to do almost everything on their website. So you don't have to be worried about it. You don't have to wait. You know, it used to be that people begged us to do a brewing software show. So that we could explain how to use the damn stuff. Right. Well, Beersmith has taken care of that by putting video tutorials right there on their page. So uh, don't be afraid to make the switch. It's really great software. It's kept up to date all the time. It works on both Mac and PC. There are mobile versions for your iPad, um, your Kindle, uh, all of that stuff. So go check it out at Beersmith.com and get your free trial today. It really does everything. There's other softwares out there, but this is the most robust. It does everything. Yeah. I've never heard someone go, you know what I really like with this to do is this, this, and this. <laughs> it doesn't do that. Right. It's, oh, that's where it is. That's where I thought it would be. I'm about to fire it up again for the Brewcaster Challenge this week. I got a brew mine this weekend. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but uh, I got to get out the old beer smith and uh, punch in a Schwartz beer recipe. You should. Yeah. Which for me means I have to call Brad from Beersmith yeah. and say, I've watched all the videos, Brad, but I'm really, really dumb. And then he'll go, I'll send Chad right over. You realize I run a tech <laughs> company pretty much, too. Yet, uh, to me... It's not audio, though. It's just anything that has the word beer or brewing in it, somehow it's like math. There's like a block. Like, I love to drink it and talk about it, but when it comes to brewing it or using software about it, yeah. it's there's some block. There's some chromosome. Missing? Yeah. That's how I feel about sex. <laughs> Does that make sense? I like to watch it, but when it comes to doing it, I'm not very good at it. It's, yeah, it's very difficult. Nobody. I thought it was supposed to last longer. It might have something to do with your age. As you get older, it's harder to understand new things because you lose brain cells. And plus, uh, you drink a lot. Uh, well, but he's always been this way, though. Right. Well, that's a good point, but, well... I well, started this thing, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. I was... I could have... I didn't even have gray hair yeah. then. He yeah, was but less you were old. still kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> a little, but not not too old. Anyway. So, Beer Smith is great for everyone except Justin. Yeah. yeah. Although, it's actually... It's even great for people like me because I am using it, and I did use it. The, the screw-ups in my brew are not Beer Smith's fault. It's as simple as Justin. It's, it's That's his new tagline. Right. Beer Smith. As simple as Justin. And with more chromosomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, what do you think they mean by simple when it comes to you? Yeah. Uh, Just like Justin. <laughs> Stupid. He's the poster boy for... Uh, yeah. That's it. Any, any marketing campaign that has the word stupid in it, that's a good campaign in my book. It's just that's like... That's a lot of confidence. Yeah. Just like stupid. <laughs> All right, let's get the Maltose Falcons on the line. I... I do see Drew in my Skype window with his handsome Skype image. Hey, Drew, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Hey, you know, I had a great idea. If you're having trouble with the brewing thing, yeah. maybe you should go find a home brewing club. <laughs> Interesting. Probably a good idea. Uh, the, the problem I'm the president of my own homebrew club, and so I'm, I'm, it's the blind leading the, the fairly unblind. I don't remember voting for you. Yeah, that's just... A, How did this that is, election go? What this is it? no is democracy. It it's yeah. a dictatorship. No one ever claimed that the Brewing Network Club was a democracy. It's true. Yeah. El Presidente for life. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you try to vote me off the island, fuckers. <laughs> See what happens. I'll pull the plug. I'll just invade your, your homebrew club. <laughs> yeah, I'll join the Maltos Falcons. Yeah, I'll invade it. What then, Drew? <laughs> I think you have to be voted in. I think we might be able to take him. I'm not sure you'd want to stay. <laughs> uh, you might learn too much. It would be 
I would be nervous about the Maltos Falcons. You guys are a formidable club. You've been around for a long time. It's your 40th anniversary, is that right? Yeah, something like that. It's amazing. <laughs> and you are, I mean, I haven't seen any information to the contrary, the oldest brew club in the United States. Is that right? Yeah, the only the, the only club in the world that's older than us is the Durden Circle Park Brewers in London. In and London, okay. Sure. Except that. <laughs> we don't count them. <laughs> I'm claiming we're the oldest brew club in the known universe. I like that. If you're going to go, go big. Who's in the room with you, Drew? Let's let's meet our Maltos Falconers. David Yule. He's one of he's one of our board members. He takes care of our newsletter. Okay. I'm Colin Davis. I'm also a board member. Excellent. And between us, we've got 47 years of experience in the club, apparently. But not, none of you has been there since the beginning. There are no old timers in the room, I assume. No. Is uh, there... sadly, sadly, I think all of our founders uh, have uh, passed away. <laughs> Shit. In jail or lost at sea or <laughs> doing hard time. Well, yeah. yeah down at the bar. <laughs> we have no idea where they are. But... I guess passed away. I guess it depends on how old they were when they founded the club, right? Do you guys have information <laughs> yeah. about the fact? Fa- because if they, they were, were 10. Oh, if they were only 22, then I'm like. Both of them were 21, actually. When they founded it. <laughs> Well, you know, it's hard work for everybody at home. Oh, we understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were founded by a guy uh, named Merlin Elhart, who uh, he came out of the Navy, uh, you know, done a bunch of tours of duty, and, you know, came back to the U.S. and said, hey, where, where's all that good beer that I had over in Europe? So he, he, he already had a few years on him uh, when he actually founded the club. Okay. That makes sense. I, and the, I have a picture of the founders. Did we get that up on the live stream? Page? Yeah, it's there. Is he the guy in the center? Uh, no, Merlin is the guy in the Kaiser helmet. The pickle helmet. <laughs> ah. Oh, on the left. It's probably an authentic Kaiser helmet. He's, he's, he traveled. <laughs> Took one off a crowd. <laughs> I mean, back then you didn't just go down to Spencer Gifts and buy a Kaiser yeah. helmet. You had, to, you had to go to Germany. He probably put the hole in it that's in there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you guys have that picture up? Who's the guy to his left? Uh, you know, Sally Merlin's the only one we know. Oh, I see. Uh, it, it was given. Uh, the photo was given to us by another uh, another guy in the club, uh, uh, J. Howard Standing Esquire, uh, who was a lawyer and was actually the guy who came up with uh, our whole our, our whole motif. You talking okay. about the girl to the left? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the chick. Oh, yeah. Well, that well, chick it has. Was the, it was the 1970s. <laughs> That's right. M- long hair and mustaches. Well, that's why we think it's a chick, no mustache. Is it not a chick? From this angle, there's like a glare. No, there were no chicks. There's still not any chicks in homebrew clubs, are there? Look at the crotch. He's got a little bulge there. Doesn't mean anything. It's not just a big vagina. Doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It's a huge camel toe. Yeah, it's just a huge... It's a moose knuckle. Wow. That brings us to our next question. How many female members do you have? Good question. None. Uh, In terms of actual numbers, uh, it's not that much. Uh, but it, but the great thing is that the ones that we do have are really super active and they're fantastic. Our entire board was female about three years ago. Oh, wow. that's a classic huh. Drew Beecham answer. Know. Well, in terms of actual like, numbers, <laughs> and then he proceeded to I, not I, give I, a number. Right. In terms of actual numbers, yeah, that would be the answer. Is how many? Yeah, his answer was not too many. Yeah. Wait, was well, your was your whole board actually uh, female three years ago? Apparently not. I was on a bender that year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I kissed a lot of the board. I thought they, I assumed they were female. You know, some of the mustaches good. did tickle me. So maybe they weren't female. 
Or they were East German females. We normally keep Dave locked up in a closet. We apologize. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, um, but no, we, uh, harder than most of them. Yeah, we, we did. We did have quite a few of our uh, quite a few members of the board, uh, of the board were women, uh, including our president. Interesting. Okay. Why do you think that is? Given such a you know the the low number overall. Uh, because I think if you're the sort of woman who kind of sticks with the, the homebrewing hobby and can actually, you know, hang with the Falcons and not be chased off by the odor and the mustaches and the beards and the, and the and everything else, right? Uh, you're pretty passionate. Yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of person who's going to take up a position on the board. Plus we begged him. <laughs> Plus there's a lot of begging involved. We need diversity. Now, as usual with men and women. <laughs> how, how, do you know... Who your longest standing member is? That's still a member. Do you have numbers on that? I'm thinking. Yeah, it's one of one of two guys, either uh, Dean Lynn or guy uh, Master Judge Bruce Broad. I like to give him his title, Master Judge. Uh, and they've both been members of the club since uh, the late '80s. Although, actually, I take that back. Steve Castleman is actually still a member of the club. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know who used to do? He did Paleo as a friend of mine that you guys used to close the show with. Yep. And he's been a member since I think 1983. Wow, that's a lot of homebrewing. Yeah, that is a lot of homebrewing. And none of those old school members uh, objected to Drew becoming a Maltos Falcon. Apparently not. They didn't even object to electing me president like two years after I joined. Wow, you but guys are a crazy club. <laughs> well, but let's face it. You know, you know how it works normally in a homebrew club. It's you know the guy who's the slowest to put his hand down. <laughs> That president, one who didn't step backward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what are you guys doing to celebrate uh, forty years? Uh, a little bit of everything. It seems like. Uh, obviously, uh, we just we announced our style of the year, uh, and we had a recipe taste off, and it was Baltic Porter, and it's going to be uh, brewed by our good friends, uh, Iraq Brewing Company. Nice, yay! And then just this past weekend. Uh, we had a bunch of people trek up to good old Max Place up there in Paso Robles and brew a giant uh, giant beer there. Uh, brownie was, wine. Yeah, brownie wine. The big American, a big American uh, brown ale that's going to be aged in rum barrels and blended into the anniversary project. At Firestone? Yes. Excellent. Yeah, if you go look at the Firestone Walker uh, Facebook page, apparently they were so thrilled to have us that they actually put up like 140-some-odd photos. It's either that or it was evidence gathering. <laughs> right, <laughs> just making sure everything's on the up and up. Make it public. Uh, Legal coverage. I, now, so is this photo I'm seeing, of? Uh, it's a whole bunch of you that showed up for that brew day. There's like 35 of us. God, what a nightmare for Matt that must have been. Right? He's feigning it. What? He seemed to love it. Yeah. He's feigning it, yeah. No, he, he likes homebrewers. But, I mean, that you guys were in the brewery helping out, right? They let us go everywhere except for the warehouse because we'd get run over by a forklift or something. That's bad, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't actually there that day, but uh, from all the reports I hear, you know, if you've ever gone to Firestone Walker, you know there's like multiple levels of catwalks and everything else. And apparently, Matt and company were crazy enough to let Falcons just walk wherever they wanted, including like 900 stories up. Wow. Oh, wow. That's it, not like, good. <laughs> Matt really <laughs> likes homebrewers. Like, he actually likes homebrewers. Or maybe he hates them no enough to let them walk on calories, however. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. And what about the recipe for that beer? Did you guys collaborate on that? Uh, he took a recipe from us. Uh, a couple of the members of the club got together and said, How about this? This looks good. And then, of course, had a giant argument because. Yeah. You know, it, 
you know, well, you get three homebrewers together in a room. The next thing you know, you got about five different ideas for a beer, and, you know, three of which are right, and everybody's angry about it. How alkaline is the water in Pasta Robles? I need to know the exact measurements to the point maker on. <laughs> JP, I think you're giving us far more credit for nerdosity than, uh, than we give ourselves. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, it ended up being a, uh, I mean, it's a huge beer. Uh, like, 28, uh, 28 Play-Doh. Wow. Which is, you know, big. Uh, and it was like uh, almost like uh, four thousand pounds of malt and buckwheat, honey, and brown sugar, and a couple other things. So, uh, kind of a mess. So, so awesome. you, you said he's going to use it as part of the anniversary beer, which is awesome. That I think that's a real honor. But what about is will it be on tap at the at the tap house as well, or what are they going to do with the rest? Uh, yeah, I think they're still working out all the details for that. Now I know that he said that he was going to try and get some. Uh, uh, into the bottles or into kegs down to us, but that you know, there's people who make decisions about that that aren't him. So yeah. that was either uh, that was either sincere or a polite way of blowing us off. And what about the official 40th uh, anniversary beer, the Baltic Porter, being done at Eagle Rock? And will people get to buy that? Oh yeah, people uh, people get to be able to buy that in spades. Nice. Uh, so we're gonna. I think the brew date for that is set sometime either in late April or early Mar- uh, early May. Okay. And uh, and then we'll be able to you know logger it over part of the summer, turn around and uh, uh, kick it out the door. We actually made sure in order to kind of fit it into commercial guidelines that we gave everybody like a real short window in which to brew it from the time that we announced it to the time that we did the tasting. Okay. So that we didn't get like one of these uh, you know typical homebrew recipes that's like yeah you know, oh yeah this is fourteen percent alcohol it takes two years to age before it's commercially viable to drink. Um, we wanted to get something that would be able to actually be sold. That's a good idea. Yeah. A lot of gamesmanship. Yeah. Well, let's look at you not thinking like a home brewer. I like that. <laughs> that ha- have a little respect for the pro. be nice if they don't well, have to lose money on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and remember, I mean, Jer- uh, Jeremy and Tang and Steve are, you know, ours. I mean, they, they, came, out, they came out of the Falcons, and so uh, we love them dearly. That's very they cool. Poison their minds so badly that they couldn't actually run a brewery. So, hey. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, Dave, I'm seeing in my notes that that you've been a home brewer for 20 years. Yeah, that sounds about right. What got you into home brewing? A friend of mine who was really into crappy beer, but he also liked good beer. Um, he just said, "Hey, they got these home brewing kits now. Let's make one." So we got together and bought a bunch of stuff, and we made our first home brew. Uh. We hadn't heard about ice baths yet, so this idiot kept his apartment at like 56 degrees in <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona in nice. the summer. <laughs> nice. That's hardcore. And then we tried it. It was completely undrinkable. It was undrinkable? Is that what you said? Totally undrinkable. Oh, that's too so bad. So he wasted probably four or $500 on electricity for <laughs> no, 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 no. undrinkable <laughs> beer. Dave, remember, when that was happening, dinosaurs were still walking the earth. You guys could just tap directly into the dinosaur. That's <laughs> Still, that's expensive. Uh, yeah, the the homebrew kit was probably cheap back then, but the the energy. Do you remember why it was? Yeah, I'm a- off a chunk of the glacier that's right next door. <laughs> right. Do, do you remember we why more batches? We got a little bit better at it. So, why was it undrinkable? Was it because it was fermented cold? I don't think it fermented at all. No. I don't know what the hell they were doing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest. You know, the first time that you do any of this, unless you're you know uber dork, yeah, you know, you're kind of half drunk in the bag and going. Uh, I think this will work. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Recall your first Drew was quite nice, Drew. Why well, I said Uber Dork. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. 
And so, you, you did your friend stick with it as well, or just you, Dave? No, I moved out to California about 17 years ago, and okay. he wasn't interested anymore, so he just gave me all the equipment, and I came out with it. Yeah. Do you uh, do you competition brew uh, as well, Dave, or just I for- have in the past, occasionally, not often though. Okay. What are you guys drinking tonight? Well, I think we uh, we're just finishing up some saison uh, du swamp from uh, Swamphead Brewery in Gainesville, Florida, uh, which is a nice saison uh, with uh, Brett and Cullen is actually uh, reaching into a bag to pop open a bottle of. Some nice, rich, dark, American-style, badass porter. <laughs> Very, and that's that's a homebrew, then? Yeah. It doesn't have a name. It just has a uh, a uh, alcohol content. Badass porter speaks to me, by the way. It's my, it's my favorite kind of homebrew. No name, just alcohol content. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff I like. Now, it doesn't really stick around long enough to give it a name, you know? It's like taking a stripper home. Well, crack yeah, it and, open. And truthfully, right. truthfully, porters are... Uh, Porters are Cullen's specialty. Is that right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, every brewer seems to develop their specialty and also their blind spot. And uh, so in some ways, the Falcons have been important for me for that because uh, my blind spot is actually making porters. I'm terrible at making porters on my own. So I just call up Cullen and say, dude, uh, can I borrow your recipe? Yeah. (laughs) Drew, do you think it's possible for a home brewer just to develop the blind spot? (laughs) <laughs> that would be me. I'm just curious if that's if that's even, if that's, that's even you. possible. Yeah, my blind spot is everything else besides porters. Okay, all right. <laughs> did you? So did, you, know, you think about it, you know, it's like an atheist. The atheist only believes in one less god. You're only sucky at one more beer. <laughs> right. That's way to play good. Now, I also see in my notes, Colin, and this might be interesting for for other homebrew clubs too, is that you are one of two vice presidents. Uh, yeah, that's right. We have two vice presidents because uh, the poor schmucks who step forward second to last uh, yeah. are tasked with running our big, hairy homebrew club uh, competitions. So it's a big job. So we saved two guys. Okay. They have mercy on them. And how many people are in the in the club itself? You guys know? Uh, right now it's somewhere about uh, 300. Wow. Yeah, and now, of course, it's like most number of clubs, you know, we have 300 people, but in reality, uh, we see normally maybe 90 of those people, yeah. and of those 90 people, 10 do the work. Right. Well, that's about normal. Although, 90 people showing up regularly, that's a big club. Yeah, it, it, we have a, we have our own little clubhouse attached to the back of our homebrew shop that sponsors us, Okay. and frankly, we're out of space in there and jamming bodies. It needs to get way bigger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've seen you guys. It's, it's smaller home brewers. What can we do to convince John to move? I don't know. Move the whole shop for you guys. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he has been in that location now for, you know, since, what, 1984? It's time to move. It's yeah. about time. He's out growing the shop part, too. And the Burlington Coke Factory closed down a few blocks away, so maybe he'll take that spot. Perfect. Agora, that's empty. <laughs> All right, stop playing, so, Colin, let me put you on the spot. Give me two of your best brewing a porter tips. Uh, primarily, you want to focus on drinkability. That's above and beyond the the most important thing about a, a porter. I think they're they're pretty much, I think, the underrated in in the commercial sphere. I think so. You have to make it above and beyond. It has to be primarily drinkable beyond anything else. But also, aside from that, uh, brew your uh, 
gear your recipe toward uh, a nice complex malt bill. So you can't just rely on one dark grain. You have to have several in order to make it a very interesting brew. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to have some some chocolate in there. I'm going to have some kiln coffee in there. I, for, for me, I think kiln coffee really makes a porter stand out. Yeah, uh, one of the most infuriating things I've ever seen is you know again I have the blind spot for porters, and so one day uh, Colin and I were doing a club brew of a porter. And I watched him, and I said, hey, what's the, what's the recipe? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go in the shop and do it. And I watched him, and he literally went from dark uh, dark malt tin to dark, dark malt tin, just reaching in, grabbing a handful, giving it a sniff, and going, yeah, okay, and throwing in the whole handful, maybe grabbing a second one, and doing that <laughs> down the line to all the different bins, sometimes rejecting a bin. I'm like, what the hell is the recipe? He's like, I don't know, a handful of this, a handful of this. I'm like, I hate you. I'll tell you when I'm done. That just drives me crazy about him, too. So that part alone seems to me counterintuitive to your first bit of advice because i i feel like if it's too complex or, or, or you're not really i mean you must really know about those malts otherwise it's not going to be very drinkable it's going to become muddy and and maybe even a little bit unfermentable well that is a danger if you use too much of say brown malt or something it's it's going to be pretty nasty but if you have a little bit of brown malt in there it's going to be pretty nice it's give it a little nice uh, toasty edge a little uh, structure to it okay um, but you know you have to you have to take all of these things in moderation. But the thing is, you can have all this different stuff going on in there, but it has to be all within a bearable range. So you have complexity and subtlety at the same time, and they kind of carry it off, and they uh, make for a good, interesting brew and nice, drinkable stuff. <laughs> it took me years to get him to write down the amounts. <laughs> Is there anything to to stay away from? May, you know, maybe something that we commonly think goes easily into a porter that you've discovered. Just go ahead and leave that out. Well, you know, like I say, I, I did once put too much brown malt in it, and it was not so good. Okay, I mean, a little of that stuff goes a long way. So, yeah, we did we did a club brew once uh, where Colin led it, and was, we were trying to do like the historical porter, uh, which was supposed to be like a third pale malt, a third brown malt, and a third dark malt of some variety. Uh, and so we did a third of brown malt, and we hadn't realized that modern brown malt is an entirely different creature than uh, brown malt <laughs> of the day. That beer never was drinkable. <laughs> it kind of got there eventually. It really kind of aged into its acceptableness, but it never got real good. Yeah. That's the thing. And that was after three years. <laughs> See, Dave and I could hang out because right. I, 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 I can tell already I speak his language. I mean, it never really got good, but, you know, we drank it. <laughs> we drank it anyway. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'm the ultimate half-assed brewer. I just, you know, hey, there's some grain. I'll put that in there. What do I have for free? What's cheap? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll put that in there. Anything uh, goes. What about what about yeast and fermentation temperature? What do you like to use? Well, you know, that's well, important to have yeast that's healthy, but... Um, uh, Generally, I like to go for the English ones, the ones that uh, flocculate quickly and attenuate well. I okay. mean, it's it's just they, they give that nice little touch of fruitiness, and it gives it another extra edge of com- complexity. And it's uh, I think it, it adds a, a touch of authenticity to the brew. Okay. Tasty, when's the last time you did a porter? Uh, it's been a while, but I'm sure it was a robust porter. Oh, yeah. I, I think I did one for Can You Brew It, too. I think it was a robust I think Porter could sneak its way into the Brewcaster Challenge eventually. Absolutely. That seems like a good style too. Yeah. Espe- although I'd want us to go with like just your standard Porter because of its simplicity, but 
like Dave's talking about, it still needs like a complex malt flavor. Yeah, it's uh, hard to do. It's it would be hard really to do. Yeah. yeah. What about our rules of uh, so only assigning styles everybody hates? We all we all kind of like porters in here. <laughs> yeah, so <I> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That would go against that. Um, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that'll be uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, it can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be. Right. If you want a dark brown beer? Fine. Toss in a handful of uh, black pad and there you go. Yeah. I, it, to me, it's funny with Porter. You know, I remember when I first started getting into good beer, which was only legally in 1996. Um, Porter was everywhere. I mean, you went into a brew pub, and it was like, you know, you had your pale ale, your wheat, or your blonde, and you had a Porter. Maybe right. sometimes a stout. And I don't know. I mean, like in the last 10 years or so, Porter has just completely banished as a, as a thing, except for maybe the shoots. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know if... I, I assume that part of that is is consumer driven, right? We you know we got into the hoppy beers, but my thought also is that it might be consumer driven based on a lot of people stopped making good porters, so we would order them and go, uh, okay, we'll go back to your pale ale now. Thank you. I think it's I think it's a lot of also you might be too right about that. People are afraid because it's a dark beer. And yes. and there's a lot of non non uh, uh, crafties. Uh, yeah, P- yeah. My whole thing on like why IP- part of the reason why IPAs are popular is because it's light yes. and it's high in alcohol mm. and it's trendy. Yeah, and so people are going to gravitate towards those three things. I know a lot of IPA drinkers don't even like bitterness, but they want to get super drunk and it's light because they're actually afraid of beers like a Guinness. Yeah, and a p- p- they're afraid of dark beers because the the stigmatism, the stigmata, or whatever of uh, <laughs> stigma. the stigmata <laughs> of the uh, <laughs> very dangerous yeah. beer style stigma. Yeah. Yeah. But at least I, stigmatism. But at least I know that I'm using the wrong word, right? Okay. Yes, not one of those. Anyway, um, is that dark beers are are big and chewy and thick and they fill you up really and they must be real high in alcohol. Yeah. Um, that misconception. That's yeah, part a good of it point. Too. The yeah. color confuses me. And if you get a good porter, like uh, Jamil's Shallow Grave from yeah. Heretic, that beer can be a converter beer, like to get friends that you aren't craft beer people. Yeah, I've used that beer to convert people. Like, wow, dark beer can be me too. Amazing. That's a good point. And, and it's sad to me because you know the porter was um, porter was a really great beer to convert people with because yeah, you know, instead of focusing on the hops or focusing on some sort of funny fruit, uh, fruity estery uh, yeast character, you had things that like you could get the coffee lover with. Um, and in fact, like you know, I got my sister converted from drinking Miller Lite by serving her porters and uh, stouts. Oh yeah, because it's it's a different thing. Yeah, you know, they just think a lot of people think craft beer is just bitter. And so we could use porters and stouts to, to convert a lot of people and go, oh, that's not bad. That's actually really tasty. Yeah. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> it's a gateway beer. It is a gateway. That's a crazy thing, though, is there's, you see all these tons of imperial stouts out there, and it's like porter beyond porter plus porter, and it's like just way over the top everything, you know? Yeah. Burnt and hoppy to hell and boozy, like, you know, like nothing else, but... So Porter kind of gets, I think, falls in the cracks where it's uh, just kind of, okay, it's a drinkable dark beer, whatever. Yeah. Show me something, show me something, I'll knock my socks off. Sure. But, you know, I just want to sit down with a big glass of really good damn Porter. It's going to be super drinkable and I'm going to be a happy guy. That makes sense to me. Cullen Cullen wants to tell his wife he only had one beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to go well. Yeah. Even I don't believe it. So I just had a thought while I'm listening to you guys and I'm looking at my notes, and I'm back to the original Falcons picture. Okay. I think that a few members, definitely including Drew, should recreate the founder's photo. Yes. That would be good. And, and, 
and <laughs> use it in some idea. in some promotional materials. Maybe it's the poster for the the big uh, competition that you guys do. Uh, I don't know where to use it, but I would love to see modern <clears throat> Falcons. You got to do the outfits and everything. You got to recreate this image. Yeah, you have a seventies party, and you all come dressed like seventies people. Find a picklehaube. Sorry, say again. A picklehaube. That's the helmet. Oh, that's the helmet. Yeah. Couldn't you say helmet? Well, there's an <laughs> no, because no. that wouldn't be accurate. Oh, it's right. a kind of a helmet. Right. It's a sub subdivision. Well, from now on, you have to say Saccharomyces cerevisiae instead of yeast. And I want Drew to be the one in the striped pants sort of crouching down. I think they should recreate it like with those peoples, but where are they now? And so anyone who's dead, there's like a skeleton. It's all of them that they said, though. They're all dead. That's the problem. It's like Uh, the Walking Dead cast. It'd be great. (laughs) Yours is much more morbid than mine. I don't want to wear those striped pants because, I mean, let's face it, I'm a fat bastard and stripes like that are bad for fat. No, these are vertical. (laughs) No, no. Drew, the latest in fashion is vertical stripes are more slimming than horizontal. However, Drew, when I said when I said those pants, I also meant that size. So <laughs> you're you mustn't So you're want to see that. I, I think that violates decency laws in yeah. 49 states. Drew Beecham muffin top. Yeah. This photo we call muffin top. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not muffin top. That's the whole bakery. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, just a suggestion. You know, take it or leave it. You guys. should definitely do it. Get, get one of your get one of your female members to play the uh, with the one with the long hair. The one with the with the with the, with the moose knuckle and the long hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, That's see, we're full of good ideas. Full of something. Justin, we'll we'll take this under advisement. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, who's your president now? Uh, right now, our president is uh, John Aitchison. Uh He's been a, another longtime member of the club. Okay. Uh, he runs actually a kind of a small humber supply store up in uh, Northridge, but uh, he and his family have been in the business of supplying taverns with uh, beer and CO two in the LA area since the fifties. Wow, excellent! So he's got a long he's got a long history in the in the beer world in LA. Yeah, that's some beer lineage. Now, I asked who your longest standing members are. Is, is that different, maybe, than a, a member who's been brewing the longest in the Maltos, Maltos Falcons? You know, it's kind of always hard to tell because we have so many members who they seem to fade in and out of the brewing thing. Right? You know, like we've yeah. had some guys who have been members of the club for you know twenty some odd years, and I'm fairly certain they haven't brewed anything in about fifteen. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, They've gone the way of Crosley. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they found others to brew for them. Yeah, um, and you know, the great thing is the club is very accommodating, though. Okay. Oh, I like to see that. Where can new mem- prospective mender- members go to find out about you guys and also about your events? Because you do several different things throughout the year, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the headquarters will always be able to find out what we're doing is maltosfalcons.com, okay. uh, you know, which is a site that uh, that I actually use to wheedle my way into the club board uh, boardship uh, because I put it up online. Very nice. Good job. Um, but, uh, yeah, multiplesfalcons.com will always tell you. And, you know, we tend to meet the first Sunday of every month. We go from noon to uh, 4 to 5 to something o'clock. Um, and, you know, we do we do a lot of things. Uh, we just did the bus trip up, or we did the brewery trip up to Paso Robos. We do bus trips down to breweries. Uh, next month is obviously our Mayfair competition, which is now in year. 36? Uh, yeah, 36. It's wow. the oldest homebrew competition in America. Awesome. That's uh, next month. Big known universe. 
and they need to go to the shop. Yeah. If they also, just show up um, there, they'll be able to learn about everything. Okay. The LA County Jail System is also a good place to find out about this. <laughs> <laughs> At least many of our members. So to block Our Pruno program is uh, quite robust. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, you guys are doing you're doing good work for homebrew, and I'm glad to see a, a long standing club like this. I'm also glad to hear the way you do your meetings. Nice four hour, five hour meetings. You guys aren't just there to nerd out; you're there to have some fun. I like that. And uh, yeah. yeah, uh, we uh, well, we always we always do education because education is important. Yep, that's my job. Uh, but we do we do spend a lot of time focusing on what the individual homebrews are, and we actually even have two individual homebrew tasting tracks where you can either present to the whole club. Or you can say, hey, I want to present to a couple senior members of the club and get honest, critical feedback. You know, like the kind of thing that we always tell people, oh, you know, go enter a judging uh, competition for. Yeah, yeah. The idea is come over to this one area. We call it the troubleshooter's corner. And uh, give your beer, but you have to understand that you're going to get actual, honest feedback on this. And so we offer those two tracks so that people can find out what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. That's a great idea. And homebrewers need that. We all know that. That's a great idea. Absolutely, I've seen you know I've seen so many brewers uh, rehabilitated. We <laughs> might even be able to rehabilitate you, Mister. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to show up at one. Maybe I'll bring my Schwartz beard down, and you guys can check it out after I dominate Nathan with it. <laughs> yeah. you know, what's the line on that right now? Oh God, we haven't made the lines yet, but it's got to be five to one against me. <laughs> I, think I mean, it's generous. It's Nathan, yeah, super generous. It's Nathan, goddamn Smith, for heaven's sake. And I've never. Drew done a logger before ever. Oh, you wuss! Yeah, I totally exactly. Oh, I've been waiting to brew a goddamn good ale first. Or shut up, dude. That's what's happening. I got no choice. I'm brewing it this weekend, as a matter of fact. So, and, uh, is Chad going to be with you? Uh, no, I was thinking I would just get you on Skype, Drew, and uh, you can be there with me uh, on video. Uh, dude, I hate to I'm going to be in Austin. <laughs> well, then I'm fucked. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this. I was thinking you should try to brew a different style of beer, and maybe it'll end up as a lager. <laughs> right. yeah, I should try to just happen spontaneously. Uh, no, I, uh, no, I like that. I, I, I like it. You know, just I know it doesn't happen spontaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, just go about you know fifteen degrees to the left, and you right. know, you'll hit it. You know what? Yeah, try to make a Vienna lager, and you'll end up with Schwartz. <laughs> right. Well, I was thinking porter. Yeah. I mean, my 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 aim is pretty far off. Right. I should maybe go for a porter. And 180 degrees later, it'll be a Schwartz beer. No, no. No, if it's that far off, you got to go freaking light longer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Probably a good, and then I'll just boil the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I'm betting for. Uh, I'm going to own this one. You're betting for me. I know it. Think about the line that you'll win. <laughs> Think about the odds. I don't have to, I don't have to play They're that. I'm, I've been winning so far. Plus, I'm going to convince Nicole to sabotage Nathan's beer. <laughs> I've got a lot of tricks up my sleeve this time around. Yeah, you do. Five to one. Who's the one? Me. <laughs> it's five to one, the, the odds that Nathan... Um, no, I know. Yeah. I'm just wondering who's going <laughs> to... Who is the... Yeah. It's great. Are you saying there's a 100% chance that I will lose, Bevo? <laughs> no, Is that no. what you're trying to no. say? Is that what the odds are? Five is, to zero. <laughs> is that, has that ever it, actually been a line in sports that the, the other team <laughs> literally has zero chance of showing? Like, has there ever been a 100% chance of rain on the news? <laughs> it's, it's coming. Yeah. All uh, right. Justin, Justin, since you're my fellow governing committee member... Yes, sir. I'll back you. They, ah, see? Drew has faith in me. Drew's too nice. I, I yeah. am. I will say this, Drew. I'm not really... I'm just going to use Jamil's, you know, Brewing Classic Styles <laughs> recipe. I'm not messing with it. I'm just 
You know, you know that's that's a good idea. <laughs> Just remember, there are no turnips in Schwarzbier. Okay, I'll remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that. We, you know, the next round that we do, we should we should have all original recipes. Yeah, I don't like that idea. I love that idea. <laughs> That's Besides, a challenge. I'm in the losers bracket anyway, so who cares how it goes? You know, I'm in the losers bracket with Nathan. Imagine my luck. <laughs> anyway, all right, boys. Well, happy fortieth, and um, I appreciate you guys being on the air with us. Um, Mal- MaltoseFalcons.com. Will you guys put information about like when the Eagle Rock beer will be available and stuff up there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll hit it with Facebook and Twitter and all that fun We will stuff. parade that banner. Make it available Thursday, please. I'll be there. And uh, this Thursday? Thursday? This Thursday, right. I will be at Eagle Rock drinking lots of beers. There you go. JP, just for you, I will use my magic to will it into existence. Thank you. <laughs> and guys, what city is your uh, club located in when you do the meetings? Uh, well, the meetings are located in Woodland Hills at the Home Beer Wine Cheese Making Shop. Okay. It's within the city of Los Angeles. It is within the city of Los Angeles, but the city of Los Angeles is about the size of Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, and we have members scattered all about the whole area, all the way out. Uh, even here, just at the table, uh, we're talking out of Pasadena at my house. Dave lives in Thousand Oaks, which is about 900 miles the other way. Yeah. And Colin lives right in between us. 885. Yeah. Yeah, SoCal people drive all over the place. And they're totally fine with it. Like, oh, yeah, I'll just leave four hours early. (laughs) Tio to Pasadena? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, he left yesterday. They leave drunk and they're sober by the time they get home. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't drinking. (laughs) Right. Oh, dear. I always stop at a bar before I get home so I get drunk again. Yeah. You got to make sure. You you make use of the uh, robust uh, L.A. area public transit system, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That'll get you from downtown L.A. a block away from downtown L.A. (laughs) That that, that will only take you four hours. (laughs) And it'll take you four hours, right. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much, and happy anniversary. It really is an impressive feat, 40 years, and I'm proud of you all. Yeah, to celebrate that impressive feat, can you guys send us some of the Eagle Rock and Firestone beer? That'd be cool. Yeah. You know what? We'll, we'll do that just for you. Thanks, Drew. We'll, we'll attach it to an email. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. All right, guys, cheers and have fun. I'll drink to you that. guys. Bye, Many guys. times. There you go. The Maltos Falcons, boys. That's Drew and David and Cullen, and uh, they're rocking it down there. Good guys. Sounds like a fun club. Yeah, and yeah. I think you'd have to be a fun club to make it that long, you know? You'd, Especially you'd, in homebrewing. You can't take it too seriously. Come on. kind of fizzle out if uh, it was just all serious all the time. It sounds like they got good support, everything else. Go to MaltosFalcons.com and check it out. MaltosFalcons.com. All right, let's do this. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, uh, we're going to get Doc on the line, and we're going to start talking Imperial IPA. That's right. Scott's already brewed his. uh, Moscow, that is. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll talk Brewcaster Challenge in just a minute. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew 
Bluebonnet.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brewvent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great tasting beer and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second best grain mill. You want a monster mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster mills are tough, come in two and three roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at MonsterBrewingHardware.com and take Vivo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. (laughs) Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today when blickman engineering set out to design a great brewing stand they knew it had to be strong adaptable and last for a lifetime the top tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. it grows with your brewing skills and equipment start with five gallon coolers on its heavy gauge stainless steel shelves then move all the way up to 30 gallon pots on the high output burner tiers speaking of burners the custom blickman engineering top tier burners are extremely powerful efficient and amazingly quiet they have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust the top tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future your brewing stand should adapt with you not force you to learn a new process visit blickmanengineering.com today to configure your top tier brewing stand and to find a local blickman retailer you'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price start brewing with blickman from the top tier here. Brewers, anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Serial Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom-built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in-house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing, too. Original extract and 
in all grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10, B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. Homebrewing.org. Join the adventure. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. around what's that sound the voice of the brewing underground i rush home what's with the abacast stream god damn it's almost time why don't you work fucking thing it's 502 i reboot ass hat itunes i hope justin made the free fm commute i'm on thank god not a moment too soon holy shit i just got booted out of the chat room i won't rack motherfucker when you do your risk and oh two i'll hail the pope jay-z do like i told you do what he said well okay at least mostly and hit that fucking whirlpool viagra roast sometimes i don't and i won't bitch more than a little bitch vile of that sweet shit that likes like that arrow bitch damn my yeast will not prove and fucking booze being rude boom that goes the blow off food and fuck this old chat room i want out justin chef that goes my chocolate stout and i never want to hear the word run high skip about i give up 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when G pushes me off the screen. Jamil, JP, Johnny G, I can't think, I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear screaming, drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. The BN. Got me going for a silver or a gold. The BN. But do my bitch warm a cold. The BN. Crew, get unrefined. The Bruin Network. Five safe, five gallons at a time. The BN. Got me going for a silver or a gold. The BN. Don't know the bitch warm a cold. The BN. I need some TBN Bach, but a shock is always holding the stock. Tick tock, the visa's unlocked. Sean, knock knock knock. Can you walk the walk? Pull out an airlock. A cock in his world flock. There's no mod box. Into the mash goes a butt crack like a true breeder. It's that for pale ale, my man. Boogita, flu for you beer nerds. That's how you just heard. The only man I know whose name is a cuss word. Come hang with Jays. I'm a jest and haggerty, and no one understands a word Daniela says. Either biscuit, the pit bull, or code right info. If you're a crack, if you got the Jane hat, do line excel, where's my hat? Go dip pound mad bet trans is a low fat and lunch me some grab ass. And what about Crotch Rock? He's more than just down the block. And then there's homegrown hops, he's missing just like us. No, I don't know, I can't see, I can't see, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear screaming, Who's gonna be out in the desert with me? The BN, be going for a silver or a gold. The BN, but do my bitch warm a cold. The BN, crew, get unrefined. The Bruin Network, I'm safe. You wrote another hook to the song Hell yeah, about a shun Beneath C, come lactify me 
play your funk, makes me call the white bros. Come on, Chris, go ahead and ship me a vibe on the sweet little hoes. That's a big fat red head, it must be Sean O'Fett, or it could be Roger's ass smack. Now my head back at this bitch, a flying donkey fist, calling K's the shit, downtown mad scientist. Drizzle, bizzle, my man Chris Graham, next to Morgan. I hope ALND proves to be hot there. Damn, Sean Pastan and Gordon Comedan. I'm taller than you, both lying down, just don't stand down. We go, please don't cry, although we're gonna rock the fucking roof right off this beach. So be in. going for a silver or gold. The be in. If I do my pitch, warm or cold. The be in. Groove, get unrefined. The Bruin Network. I'm safe five gallons at a time. The be in. Be going for a silver or gold. The be in. You don't know the pitch, warm or cold. The be in. Groove, get unrefined. The Bruin Network. I'm safe five gallons at a time. Stay the drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker. I could have mixed it with chocolate and vagina. It still wouldn't help. Drink! It's 888-401-BEER. This is the session. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. You know how bad Doc is at using the microphone in studio? <laughs> He's worse at using the phone. I forgot to answer it. It was ringing, and so I started talking. Why aren't you calling? <clears throat> we are calling. Well, I hear it, but I don't hear you. <laughs> then how are you answering me? I don't know. <laughs> All right, it's time to talk a little bit about the Brewcaster Challenge. As you know, uh, this round features Moscow versus Doc doing a uh, Imperial IPA or a double IPA. Um, and then uh, myself versus Nathan doing Schwarzbier. Uh, we're not going to discuss Schwarzbier today. Nathan couldn't be with us. We'll discuss that next week. Uh, the good thing about that is that I think uh, uh, Nathan and I both will have brewed our beers by then. So we'll be able to talk recipe no. and process and how the whole thing went. Uh, as of today, uh, I do believe that Moscow has brewed his beer. Yes, sir. Yesterday. You brewed your beer yesterday? Yep. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so that's one Imperial IPA down. And then uh, I did speak with Doc today. I know he bought all his in- ingredients, so he's got his recipe and his plan to talk to us about. So we'll start with Moscow, uh, since we're waiting on Doc to get in here anyway. And uh, Dan uh, Del Grande is still in the studio with us from, from Bison. Yeah, so uh, oh, We're drinking one of his, his double IPA right now. Oh, perfect. Good. Well, that's what I was get, kind of getting to, is that Dan, could, as a professional, uh, the only professional brewer in the room, could help us if we end up with any double IPA questions and uh, you know content related. What's this beer uh, called that we're trying? This one's a Kermit the Hop, uh, a double Simcoe IPA. Excellent. Is this a single hop then? Is it all Simcoe? Uh, no, we use Chinook in the, for the initial bittering, and then uh, all the finish is, is Simcoe. Okay. When you put Simcoe uh, too early in the process, it tastes a little... Uh, Cat pissy? <laughs> See, and Dan, you, you struck right where I, I usually cringe when people say Simcoe, as if it gets a little catty. But yep, that's yep. your that's your trick, huh? Just do, do it later. It's all um, the, the final addition in the kettle and then uh, um, the, the next two dry hoppings. Mm. Have you gotten like a uh, cease and desist from Jim Henson's estate or something? I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> Never will. Haven't, don't know anything about it. Okay. Kermit the Hop. Love it. Excellent name. All right, Moscow. Why don't you tell it's us not about easy your beer? Being green. <laughs> you did extract. 
Uh, yeah, extract steeping grains. I uh, I kept it simple. You know, I I uh, kicked Jamil's ass around the block and back with uh, <laughs> just using uh, <laughs> um, uh, the more beer uh, kit. You know, for the uh, a black IPA. Oh yeah. And, uh, so I just did the, the the more beer kit for the double, and it happens to be uh, Pliny the Elder clone. Okay. So I figure, why not just take the recipe for uh, the world's best Imperial IPA and try and you know make it happen myself? You know, no one will ever accuse Moscow of being dumb. He makes some smart moves. We'll accuse you of a lot of other things, but that's a smart move, I think, on your part. Stick with what works, you know. You now, mean like destroying the spirit of the of the thing? That's <laughs> all right. You always say that, JP, yet we talked about these rules ahead of time. The spirit is intact. Hey, just because I got outvoted doesn't mean I'm going to change my opinion. I don't think you voted the other way. I don't think we well, have We didn't vote. vote on, like, no kits, did we? I mean, no. Or or that you can't use a recipe. It was all clear. Look, just because I knew I would be... Whatever. You're in the winner's bracket. Your Why, mom what are you is in the winner's bracket. I'm not. <laughs> just making a remark. Okay. I'm merely remarking. Well, you will have to face um, one of the, the, the winners, Moscow or uh, or Doc, right? Uh, what, what's the other winner's bracket, actually? There's two. Oh, uh, that was... Uh, T- J- JP and I will be making it. Uh, yeah, head Tasty to and head. JP. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, I think I will be using, so, making an extract beer as well, by the way. Really? Well, is that right? That's my plan. How come? Yeah. Uh, just, I haven't done it in a while, and it seems like a good... Because he doesn't care. Because he doesn't care. And put one arm behind my back, maybe. Yeah, and so that way, if I lose, he can go. Well, I'm just the ultimate because I can do that. And then if and then if I win, it's like, oh well, I didn't really try. I just see. Right, gives me. So now I'm not even going to win. Win. I'm not even doing it. I withdraw. You're gonna. You're just gonna forfeit. Yeah, well, because it's not a competition. Tasty gets a buy. Well, that's like what Jamil did with Scott. He just half-assed it and lost. I won't be doing that. I'll be giving it all my all. Believe. With an extract? I don't know if you can give it your all. Depends on the style. Mm. All right. Oh, did we give you your style yet? I don't think we did. Not Not on the air, but in an email, yeah. Yeah, you might revisit that plan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So now you said extract with steeping grain. So not mini mash. Nope. Literally just a steeping grain. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, Straight out of the kit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you you have the recipe? Because I'm curious how many pounds of extract that kit uh, recalls. It calls for uh, nine pounds of ultralight. Uh, malt extract calls for a half a pound of light DME uh, and a pound of corn sugar. Okay, yeah, and uh, eight ounces of a maltodextrin. And does that all go into the kettle? Yes, it does. Yeah, okay, yeah. I I, uh, I won't talk about the brew day too much, but I, I did uh, change up it when it calls to put that stuff in. I, I tweaked that based on uh, people's recommendation. Okay. Yeah. Did you get recommendations from listeners? Yeah. Uh, um, yes, and the forums and a couple of key phone calls I blew into. Yeah. You know, important people. I got great. I got this great email. I'll end, I'll talk to you about it when we do our recipe next week. But from a listener who is like, "Listen, buddy, I'm I'm tired of you losing." And so I've sent I've outlined a few things for you oh, to. Yes. And it was really good advice. Like one of them was, "Listen, just do me a favor. Do not even have a beer." Until you've gotten all of the wort over into uh, into the kettle, like until you've mashed and gotten it there, that is the the, and, the respectable place to start drinking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so he gave me that and several other uh, really excellent tips, actually. So I'm just curious if listeners, you know, had written into you too. Yeah, and they they did for the last one, uh, the last challenge as well. So yeah. it, some uh, some key pointers that helped me win that one, and I'm hoping that'll be the case this time as well. Now, now uh, back to that recipy. There's no specialty malts in there. Uh, soaking grains or what, what oh no that? he did say he did I didn't, I missed that part yeah what were the special <laughs> yeah, the, the steeping grains were uh, uh, crystal forty six ounces okay 
Just that. Just yes. that. That's right. it. What is that? Is that just color tasty at that well, point? Color and, and uh, foam stability. A lot of things with the crystal model added. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. And is is this a, a full boil or a partial? I did a full. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'll never do another partial. Okay. I don't see the the point. So just for listeners starting out, that means all of the water and and liquid that you had to add was all done in the kettle. You didn't add back any water later. To, exactly. The yeah. instructions will tell you to you know boil three gallons and then add two later from the hose. But you know, <laughs> with sanitation being basically the most important thing, why are you going to put hose water into your brew? Yeah. Just boil it all. When, you, you, when do you add the? I'm sorry. When yeah. do you add the extract at the at the beginning or at the at close to the end? Well, it calls for the beginning, but you know that that's kind of what I was saying is that, yeah. you know I don't know if we're going to save the, the brew you can day. Talk a little bit about the process today because I told Doc the same oh. thing. Since you're doing two entirely different processes, we, we can get a little bit of that. Info, okay. So. Yeah. Well, I I saved adding the uh, the the nine pounds of uh, of malt extract to about ten minutes left in the boil oh, as great. opposed to the beginning, what, yeah. which it calls for. Yeah trying to avoid that uh, cooked extract taste okay and then some caramelization will take place too if you yep. yeah all right and uh, a lot of hops i assume oh yeah this yeah this was a the first uh whole cone hops that i've ever used it calls for two ounces of cascade uh right there in the uh, beginning of the boil so just dumped a bunch of whole hops that surprises me that the extract kit stuck with whole cone hops taste. That's what came in the kit, whole, mm-hmm. whole hops. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's what it called for. It wasn't just yeah. some substitution that nope. they were out of pellets. No, sir. That's weird. And you don't use a hop sack when you, do, when you did it? No, I don't. Yeah. I just uh, used a, a strainer and took them out. Uh, that's yeah. right. What'd you say, Dan? Just I, I said, what does it matter if it's pellets or... or I guess for homebrewers, we only think of it because our kettles are so tiny that uh, the, the hops, the, the pellets are more concentrated. So it just surprises me that an extract batch... But you're saying flavor contribu- and bittering contribution, it shouldn't matter. No. Yeah. Do, do you think it's more There's, of just kind of a gimmick because they look good or... Well, I think the whole cone hops, um, you know, they haven't gone through processing. So all of those um, uh, um, oils haven't been heated up in the process of pelletization, and you actually can get some better uh, characteristics out of whole hops. Okay. Well, maybe that's why it's in the kit. If Maybe Vinny said if you're going to do the, the clone, you got to use some whole hops in it. Oh, there. it was a Vinny condition? That makes <gasps> sense. Well, his recipe, so yeah. maybe I'm just no, I'm guessing. No? No, we just decided to put it, I put that kit together. Oh, you did? Yeah. And you guys decided you went against Vinny's wishes, thinking that, oh, we're more beer. No, we just were <laughs> like, oh, we're, we're doing whole hops. Thinking, oh, I'm JP. Yeah. <laughs> well, because that's well, because he used whole hops, and we're like, well, why don't we use whole hops? And we had a okay, box of cool. whole hops. So he did. We had a box of whole hops. Is yeah. this the only kit you that uses whole hops that you know of? Uh, no, no, no it's the, probably the others few. do. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then there were lots of other additions too. Uh, Magnum and Simcoe went into the boil. Columbus, and then uh, some uh, aroma hops at Flameout Centennial, mm-hmm. and uh, some more Simcoe. Boiling Simcoe. Well, uh, but again, I added it later, <laughs> later than it said. So there's hopefully less of the the, the meow. Well, listen, I'm one of the judges, as we all will be. I hope that Dan is incorrect with that little cat sound. I hope so, too. Ooh, Maybe for the cat. I will vote down on cat's flavors. Do I have to rebrew it and take the Simcoe out? <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Simcoe? It won't be cat pissy so much as cat pee-pee. <laughs> well, yeah. that's acceptable. Okay. What about the yeast treatment? Did uh, another two-vial pitch of just uh, the Cal Ale 001. No starter. No, be- no. I, and wah, JP wah. was like, well, the one thing you should do because, you know, it's a high alcohol and you make a starter. And I was like, well, I'm brewing today. He's like, all right, well, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just did the, the two vials. I got to admit, uh, JP, yeah. Tasty, 
I'm thinking about just throwing a couple vials into my lager too. Cause a it's lager? A, I mean, really? That's when you need to have a, a oversized pitch. Yeah, of a or at least starter. or at least four vials. You know those White Labs guys. They that 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 vial's really packed with yeast, and uh, but he needs to wake up and actually get going. When are you going to brew so. uh, Saturday? Because the Bacon Festival is Sunday. Sunday. I'm brewing either Friday or Saturday. All right, well, tomorrow, Tuesday, go get some. I got yeast. time on it. I feel like it's another thing I can screw up. He's really busy tomorrow. You, 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 have you had a bad experience <laughs> with the starter going bad? No. No. Then then. Yeah, stick to the plan. Well, think of all our listeners out there laughing like, I make starters all the time. I never had a bad starter. And I haven't had a bad starter. They've been fine. So oh, I had this, one. This, but this, they also haven't helped you. <laughs> yeah, they're also not exactly doing me any well, favors. If it was I mean, an ale, either would, you're blowing like 50 point. bucks on yeast, yeah. or you buy two vials and make a starter with it. Yeah. yeah you might need I mean, four vials. Because you're cause saying it, for a lager for For a lager and that you're not like you know, kind of rousing the yeast and making sure it's in its, you know, good a good environment before you just dump it into that cold of a temperature. Yeah. Um you should over not over pitch, but put more vials in than just one or two. If you put one oh, vial in like, wasn't gonna do one. Well, yeah. let's say two vials in a ten gallons, you when will you have fermentation? Two days maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Why don't you go to somewhere like EJ Fair or something to say, hey, dude, give me some yeah. West Coast Ale. I'll just put it in this bucket. And just, well, <laughs> in his case, about. that would have been fine, except mine's a lager. So I got to, oh. yeah, I got to go to, I'd have to go, I, I was going to say, I'd have to go down to Trumer, which isn't a bad idea. <laughs> well, then you go to the Rare Barrel when you're down there. Grab a little commercial pitch. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do have that uh, double wall Zero insulated yeast. brewing network stainless steel growler that would, Perfect for oh, would be we, great for a nice pitch. Didn't we agree to not do commercial yeast pitches? No. Remember that? No one, no. You came up with a lot of rules in your head. We when, when, just, when it was you and I and you're like, I'm going to go to Heretic and get uh, and get a yeast pitch. And uh, and we had this whole conversation on the air and then we decided that, that that's probably not... Uh, not not uh, you know appropriate to do to, no, as, no, a representa- to as a representation of your mom has to find it as a representation of your brewing skill. If you're going to do a starter, you got to do a starter. Sounds like I might have agreed to something like that. Yeah. Sounds like something I would agree to. Uh, right. I just don't remember agreeing to it. <laughs> might actually be a perfect representation of his brewing. I mean, skill. you were going to go to you were going to go to Heretic to Jamil to get the recipe and then the to work. Jamil to get the and the, <laughs> the work and to, to Jamil and Heretic to get the yeast. But it would have been fermented at my house. And then Chad to come and help you ferment it. Get out of here. Yeah. I still would have lost. Uh, okay. All right. Meanwhile, I used a rogue clone recipe. How many gallons did you brew? Uh, I did six in the kettle. and Probably lost half gallon during the boil. Okay. So I got a uh, mostly full uh, six-gallon carboy. And you still have to do some dry hopping and yes. things like that throughout after the, after the primary. Yes, throughout the process. Okay, uh, all right. What day did you brew it? Yesterday. Oh, okay. Any large <laughs> any any mishaps you you know would like to mention at this time, or you want to save it for, or, or did everything go smoothly? Yeah, I I got nothing to report. It kind of went went well. Were you by yourself? Uh, my girlfriend helped me out. Did you drink before? Uh, Good question. Cooling down the wart. No, I uh, I kept it uh, a sober brew day for the oh, most part. That's not true. Uh, I had beers with you. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, no. JP and I drank while watching the Sharks game, but that was hours earlier, and I only had one beer. Oh. Okay. All right. Hmm. Look at the professional over here. I got a contest to win, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> right. If I'm going to beat Doc, uh, I got to pull out all the stops. How did you chill? I, I have an immersion chiller. Okay. okay. Yep. Is that a question? <laughs> I have an immersion chiller. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not sure I care enough about winning to stay sober. Uh, because I feel like if I'm going to spend the time brewing, <laughs> I, you know, have a beer. I'm out in the backyard. Duly it's, noted to not vote for you. It's nice outside. I mean, why am I going to waste the whole process on you people? Uh, have, I'm going to have a beer or two. Okay, you know. first of all, rude. The process. <laughs> the process of being sober outdoors. Second. <laughs> yeah. You want to say this? He really? can't do it otherwise. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time. Yeah. It's like six hours. Why would I waste the sun? Right? This is my point. It's like a fourth of a you day, man. You are just such a disappointment. <laughs> I mean, I will have been done with the rest of my work day by then. Maybe uh, you could just brew nude. <laughs> you know, put, make sure you put some uh, sunscreen on your bad thing and then start yeah. drinking. And just add another measure of fun. Right. It'll be raining like, anyway. See, Dan, no, Dan gets me. Yeah. <laughs> you have a high fence. You'll be fine. Because to me, you know, brewing is, is it's recreation. And uh, who wants Natural. to recreate uh, without a beer? That's what I say. <laughs> you know? So do pedophiles. <laughs> Doc, you with us, buddy? Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I got you. There he is. Okay, cool. Hey. All right, Doc. So we just talked about Moscow's uh, extract brew. Did you hear where he got the recipe? No, I, I I just tuned in. I was trying to listen live on my computer and my phone, and I got two different things. I was confused. That's okay. Let me ask you this: If I tell you his <laughs> recipe, the one that's showing there's, there's no ch- <laughs> there's no chance that you're changing your recipe or brew at this point, right? Brewer's code. You're going to just stick with what you're doing. Oh, I went down and got all the stuff today. Okay. So no, no, nothing's changing at all. So. Uh, the steam, the steam roller is moving, man. Okay. Moscow did a Pliny clone, the kit from more beer. It's moving, but in two different directions. So, <laughs> you know, I I I was gonna do that. Oh, you were too. I was gonna yeah. go down. Oh man, I was gonna go down and just get the Pliny clone and just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know, a la Jamil. Yes. I I just couldn't so. You had too yeah, much the OCD took over. <laughs> so you made your own oh, recipe. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so uh, you'll be happy to know that I decided to, to go with a 20-gallon batch. Nice. Atta boy. It's going to be a party. <laughs> Good that, is, that means that I'm going to be sharing it with people. So Yeah. There'll probably be a, a five-gallon batch somewhere in your, in your near future. Excellent. I'll bring some bottles so, by. Uh, so it, it 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 runs the the general uh, gambit of uh, most IPAs or double IPAs. Uh, I did break up the base malt a little bit. Uh, I wanted to have some pale malt and some pilsner in there. Okay, what what uh, for? A little because uh, 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 one helps with the other. Uh, as far as uh, I like I like the breadiness kind of of a, of a pilsner, but. It doesn't like to uh, attenuate down as much, so the, the pale malt will help with that. Okay. Um, then a, I got some uh, a little bit of white wheat malt in there to uh, help with head retention. Uh, a little crystal malt, uh, a little like carapils for some body. Uh, th- uh, there's going to be some corn sugar in there to help help boost uh, the alcohol level, but kind of keep the body light. Yeah. Uh, the main thing is uh, the hops. I, I, I really went through 
did a lot of research on the hops, a lot of hops I've never used before. Like what? And uh, I've never used uh, a lot of the New Zealand hops uh, or any, in, both, mostly any, any of the hops that are in here. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> you're not an IPA guy. You know, I, I, if they're yeah, not he's, he's, he's got like are. a Hallertar and... Uh, yeah, that's what he's used Sterling to. Sterling yeah, 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 Kent yeah. Golding for right. his English, that's it. Uh, oh, yeah, but, you know, Perlet and then, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, it's either German hops or English hops for me. But, you know, now I, I, I've heard of all these hops, and I, I did a lot of research on what they're going to bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, when they need to go in, uh, my, my uh, dry hopping schedule... Uh, I busted out my hop uh, hop back. Oh, it okay. Seen, it hasn't it hasn't seen work in ten years. So now you're it, speaking Tasty's language. Doc's rising to the yeah. occasion. I'm getting. Oh, he's got uh, well, It just shows you the power of all grain. He's sort of you know he's using the grains to architect you know, everything he wants in the beer. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yep. Uh oh. Moscow might be uh, <laughs> a little trouble here. Against Doc, you don't say. <laughs> right. Well, one thing I was going to yeah. say right off the bat, just back to the malt real quick, or the, the sugar, I should say, is the, the great thing you got out of buying the kit, buying the, the pre-made recipe, Moscow, is the is the corn sugar addition. And you notice that, of course, Doc added that, too. Yeah. And it is a great addition for... For double IPAs, right, Tasty? Because well, just like Doc said too, it's gonna it's gonna bring up the gravity, but it's yeah. still gonna dry out. Right, it'd be like a barley wine if you did an all malt beer. And I guess I just mean you and I both, by the way, might have missed that part of the recipe had we built it ourselves. We would have done the imperial part, but maybe done that with all malt instead of throwing a little sugar in there and and corn you're, sugar. And you're saying, Tasty, that it wouldn't really be an IPA or a double IPA when it was done? Not your typical t- a double IPA. Yeah, it'd be more like, a, like maybe more like a triple IPA. Yeah. And it would definitely would have had some, some flavor Residual conditions that we would have gone, uh, well, yeah. here's here's what didn't happen. Your brizzle too sweet. We would so yeah. this is already a bonus of, of the kit is is getting that corn sugar addition that, that Doc's doing too. When do you plan to add that, Doc? At what point in the process? I'll, I'll do it after probably one day of primary fermentation. I'll add it in later. Ah, so you won't do uh, it in the I, I, in the kettle? Huh. No, no. I want to do it afterwards. I want these guys to get working ahead of time, and then uh, I'll put it in after. You got to be a little careful on this one because this this is going to be a ripping fermentation, and you don't want to get in there too late uh, with the uh, sugar addition. Okay. So uh, I, I'm guessing, you know, one day after fermentation starts, I'll be adding it back. How, why is there a too late? Like, wouldn't it reinvigorate the yeast no matter when you put it in? I I found it doesn't really that the, the yeast are starting to flocculate out, so maybe you only have a two thirds or half of them in there. They've already kind of dropped out, and if you throw it in there too late, it'll it'll start back up. You'll see it start bubbling again, but you're going to have too much residual stuff. And in this kind of thing, you don't want it. Uh, you can maybe get away with it, and you know, in a Belgian. But, but not not in this. You'd rather them just kind of join the party instead of come late to the party. Yeah, right. I, I don't want them to be the first guys at the party. With, they're going to show up with dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to show up a little bit later and, and have dessert. Throw it on, <laughs> on the well, table. Then, then I've got to wonder why. Yeah. Why is it? Why do the, these um, instructions always call for? 
this sort of stuff to be added before the party starts. I mean, you're putting it in the the kettle, and I'm I was reading, oh, add it like toward the end of the boil, and then you're saying not even till after you know fermentation has started. So why are the instructions telling people to add it so early? Because it doesn't matter. The, and okay. there are more that there, well, there are know, a couple schools of thought, essentially. No, you're do, you're doing an extract kit, which they're you know trying to get you to make beer. <laughs> it's a lot easier to deal with it all at once than not. Maybe, but for this specific kit, I mean, it's added in the boil. In this yeah. recipe, it's as it is the at Russian River when they make <laughs> that's correct. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's only what a seven percent beer. It's not like eight. it's not going to yeah. eight. It's not going to kill the yeast. If this is why I was suggesting you maybe you should think about doing a starter. Um, which but, is too late. Yeah, well, it's too late now. But but that's but yeah. I mean, you could just go ahead and add it into the into the. You know, it's fine. You could do a starter tonight if you want to add it. Yeah, a I mean, days. And, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, it's not. I mean, you know, do, doing a dock's way or, or adding in the boil. I, I doubt it. You know, one's going to be different than the other. Um, maybe Doc is hedging his bed a little bit more. But if you were to add it in the in the in the kettle, maybe Dan can speak on that a little bit more. Um, you would want a, a, a pretty healthy yeast starter because you do have all that residual sugar that the yeast has to plow through, um, and you need a, a healthy yeast culture. Yeah, well, the, the yeast is uh, ramping up for the first, uh, you know, twenty to thirty hours of fermentation. So as long as you add it before the yeast starts to die off, it doesn't really matter if you add it in the very beginning in the kettle, like your extract instructions, or if you add it um, at towards the end of burst of that ramp up yeah the ramp up yeah. of the yeast yeah. uh the, the number of cells that divide and, and cell growth as the cell growth curve goes down they're less able to um attenuate that stuff in a reasonable period of time okay and similar to what doc was saying too he doesn't want to miss that curve he wants it to happen while yeah. that stuff's bursting and as a as a home brewer you know the one thing you got to work on is uh, your sanitation when you add that sugar slug on you know Day two or whatever your fermentation, you have to make sure you boil it all up, you know, 10, 15 minutes of boil, and then use your immersion chiller again to before you, you uh, knock it in. Oh, because you're not just throwing a big hot uh, batch of... Yeah, you'll just kill the yeast. Mm. Yeah. Warm, Good. okay, but not hot. That's yeah. a, I'm glad you pointed that yeah, out because I would have totally forgotten yeah, about that part, Yeah, you don't want to just throw it in there. Yeah. So you're going you're gonna to turn it into, into a liquid solution and cool it off as well, Doc? Well, damn right, I am. Yeah, homebrew is good. Yeah, it's going in there. I definitely would have fucked that. It's going in the Erlenmeyer Meyer with a minimal amount of water. It's going to be heated. Uh, then, the, then that sugar added. Then it'll be cooled down in a water bath and then added back. Okay, it'll all be a sterile. He does. Yeah. Yes, of course I do. Sure. He's got them for like five gallon <laughs> carboy size. Really? He has multiple stir. <laughs> yes. Wow. <Yeah. laughs> The size yeah. of that bar, and and Doc built well, my star my uh, stir plate too. I suppose I should use it. You should. <laughs> yeah, you know it'd be awesome if you did. I did it last time. Yeah, for the whole the, a lot of good it did me. You've just been using it to warm up your lube. <laughs> is, is that the problem? <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole idea is to get this to not stall out at ten fifteen. I want to get this down about ten eleven. And what is the OG? Uh, what are you starting at? Uh, 1084. What was yours, uh, Moscow, on your kit? Uh, 1073. Okay. Did you measure it after? Yeah. You did? And that's where you hit? Yeah. That's where it's supposed to be? Yeah, right in the range. Nice. That a boy. Maybe I had to buy a kit. Hey, Daisy, do you have a uh, uh, recommendation as an upper <laughs> percentage of how much uh, 
sugar you should add as a percentage of the of the total grist. Yeah, and a double APA, I think, like no more than eight percent is about what I'd like to think. Otherwise, you get a little more like cidery character yeah. kind of thing. Okay, <laughs> what's your percentage of the of the corn sugar, Doc? You know, uh, it's about nine, nine. About, a little like nine two, something like that. Um, but it's, it's a lot more, a lot more stuff in here too. So, okay. uh, I just don't want the the main thing with uh, you know, adding it too soon is the yeast see that and they want to maul on that first, uh, so they don't start making the other enzymes. They're going to need to break down the the more complex sugars. Yeah. So, it can leave, it can it can leave with a higher uh, uh, finishing gravity just because of that stuff. Well, if you, if you I, go ahead, Doc. Sorry, I'm hedging my bet basically all the way around because this is a big beer, and I want it to finish pretty damn dry. Are you going to split it between your two ten gallon fermenters and use different yeast? Or are you going to do it all in one shot? No, I'm going to be, make it all in one shot. I'm pretty confident about this one. And, uh, <laughs> Is it the recipe or the, or the, or the competition? <laughs> well, no, 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 fran- no frankly, the recipe. Any brewer that's half half a, a brewer at all can make a good double IPA. So, Doc, he's he's more known to make the finer beers that are hard to make. Yeah, and make well. So he's probably got the right attitude. This is crap. I pretty gave easy you guys the wrong style. <laughs> Not to be. Uh, and- nitpicky or anything but but on the the cidery comment that's not exactly true okay that's a homebrew like you can add a lot of corn sugar and not get a cidery taste to it this kermit the hop has got 17 percent yeah 70 percent corn sugar as long as you have wow um a good enough ferment a a strong enough starter um it's just one of those homebrew myths like extract taste yeah so if it's under fermented with sugar then it's going to have a cidery character but if it it actually oh okay but if it actually ferments out then if you do a good job you could the the corn sugar itself doesn't lend a cidery taste it's your it's your fermentation off flavors okay well that's a good point so again just back to a big healthy Healthy yeast yeast pitch and fermenting it correctly yeah and uh, this beer is not cidery. Uh, the Kermit the Frog that we're drinking now. Or the hop. Kermit the hop. Uh, and this is 17% yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, dare you. Yeah. corn sugar. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. All right. Thank you, JP. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Doc. Uh, anything else we should know now? Of course, we're going to follow up with you after your brew day. But uh, any other tricks you'd like to reveal about your recipe or anything else? Yeah, um, I really try to marry up a lot of the the different hops together uh, with the, the flavors that they're going to bring to the table, and I'm steering away from the the, the grapefruit kind of issues and the citrus grapefruit kind of stuff. So okay, uh, we're I'm, I'm steering it in a whole different direction. Give us a list. <laughs> Give us some of these hops. Uh, I'm using some uh, Waiiti, some Meridian, uh, Falconer's Flight, uh, Calypso. Meridian. Well, he is using hops he's never used before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, HPC uh, 342. Oh, yeah. Motown song? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's also by Aretha. (laughs) Yeah. See, yeah. You know what I like about Doc's philosophy here is if he's if he's going to brew a beer style that he is probably never going to brew again and certainly hasn't really dealt with it because he doesn't want to drink it, 
Why not learn something from it? So I'm going to go pick a whole bunch of hops I never used before. And that's a good that's a good way to do it. Well, for a guy who's got talent. You know. I just researched the hell out of these things and you know kind of what they're known for and you know I, I listen to uh, Nate and Tasty and it's all about marrying the hops together and not just going nutty in here. And then just throwing throwing the kitchen sink at it. Right. I like it. How many different kinds of hops are in your recipe, Moscow? I'm looking at one, two, three, four, four, four. Yes. Okay. And then, of course, they just double up on the amounts in different places. In the dry imperial hop, yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, dry hop with the same hops that you're that are in the kettle as well. The imperial up, on or are the are the dry hops different? Uh, no, they are. Uh, they are all used in the uh, the boil as well. Columbus, Centennial, and Simcoe. What about you, Doc? Are are pretty much the same hops that are going in the kettle also going to go in your dry hop? No. No, different. Uh, well, the the, fir- the first dry hop will be pretty much the same ones that are in the kettle, and then the the second dry hop will be uh, kind of a whole. <laughs> it'll be it'll be the distant cousins invited to the party. Okay. I think I think Doc just wants to go to a party. <laughs> Oh, what else is there? <laughs> it's like he's just hinting. At, can someone invite me to a party? <laughs> well, Tasty, what do you what do you think? Doc's strategy sounds pretty sound. Yeah, well, you know, it would. That's what Doc does. Sound, yeah. sound brewing, and uh, okay. he applies himself. Sure, I like Moscow's decision to go with the Pliny kit. Yeah. I think we're going to get two good be- if the fermentation goes well. Okay, that's the remaining part for Moscow. Uh, then we're going to get two pretty damn good beers to try for this Brewcaster Challenge, I think. Um, all right. What's the reveal date for this one? Did we uh, did we give that to you guys? Uh, I think so. I think we're going to try and do this on uh, the April 7 show. April 7. Yes, that's what I heard, too. Yes. So my brew date is hopefully... You just hang up. Just leaving he us. Up. He's, he's, he's leaving us <laughs> hanging. Uh, I don't hear any background noise. That's the doc equivalent of, of like just throwing down the microphone yeah. on stage. <laughs> Out. <laughs> My brew day is. Wow. Oh, well, that was interesting. Things were going so either that or he just fell over. He was doing fine. And he just literally that was it. He fell over. His robot ran out of batteries. <laughs> uh, April seventh. So it sounds like I think his brew day is going for this weekend too. Just like me and Nate. Nate and I, uh, we'll talk about our beers next week. Our reveal looks like it's going to be April 21st. We need a little longer for the lager. In my case, maybe even longer than that, but we'll see. Yeah, the uh, the double IP reveal will be fun on that show. We'll have uh, Ann Riley in the studio. She is one of the original California homebrewers who uh, pioneered the uh, legislation that legalized homebrewing in the first place. Yeah. And uh, so she'll be here to taste the double IPAs and uh, see what her legislative efforts have allowed. I am excited about that. Hopefully she's uh, not disappointed. Yeah, I suspect she'll be like, wow, this is what I worked for? <laughs> I, I met her at it's our... come to this, has it? <laughs> I met her at our Winter Brews Festival. Yeah. Uh, Kate the Great introduced me to her, and, uh, you know, Kate said, hey, she's she's one of the, the people responsible for, for legalizing homebrewing. And I said, uh, you know, I, I hear this kind of stuff all the time. So I'm like, oh, okay, Sure. And I go talk to her, and I'll be damned. 
She's one of the people responsible for legalizing homebrewing in the state of California. Yep. Because, of course, it was you know legalized federally, but it still was a state deal. And uh, she went through all of the, the legwork uh, with others um, to actually make it happen for us. And I realized very quickly that she was the real deal. She's very humble about it and very, but excited, you know, that it was a, it was an important part of her life. You could tell she was pretty proud of it. So I thought, well, you got to come on and talk about this. Absolutely. When I, when I talked to her after the uh, fest and Kate gave me her info, I called her up and we were talking and she's like, well, you know, I wrote an article on it and uh, let me send that over to you. And, and she did. She sent it via U.S. mail and it was written on a typewriter. <laughs> nice. Wow. It's it's like the original article. Yes. Do you, I hope, do you have to send it back or just give it back to her at the... <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I made copies, so... You're right. All right, excellent. Well, that'll be a good show, and then of course we'll do the uh, that Brewcaster Challenge for the Double IPA, and then a couple weeks later we'll do our Schwartz beer. You'll hear about Nathan I's uh, Nathan and I's beer uh, next week. Yeah, I'm probably going to do starter. Well, you should. I think you should. It'll you know. It's I'm a all test for of your starters. Prowess. I'm totally all for starters. I'm just like I don't know. It's like the it feels like the thing I don't screw up. So fuck it. Just throw some vials in there. Well, you could. All I'm saying is if you don't do a starter, you should do more than two or three vials. Yeah. No, I'll go over to MrMalty.com. I'll use uh, Jamil's little yeast starter calculator. And have Chad over. And uh, no. Well, he's pre- he, you saw him make a lot of starters. That's a given. <laughs> I can do the starters, you know. And I don't need to hear JP cry like a little bitch every time I mention my beer again. Just because I even though I Chad have a... was there just hanging out. You mean the beer Chad brewed? It didn't look like uh, <laughs> Chad mean, was just hanging out when I was there. Or but... I would go, "Hey Chad, I'm about to do this. Does that sound right? No, yes no, or no?" Rules. And I would jump out of the bushes. Go, I got you, fucker. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'll do it solo with a fucking twelve pack and a keg of beer, naked, <laughs> naked, and only sunblock on my junk. That's how I'm brewing. Uh, all right, well, uh, we'll hear more from Doc next week too after his brew day, and uh, we'll get it all dialed. In. All right, I'm excited to taste all these beers. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna do a little bit of beer news. Got a couple other things to finish up, so hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer, apps for finding a pint of beer, apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer, 
And now, there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal, the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now for less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at brewpal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. BrewPal, all the brewing software you need right in your pocket. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's It's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, yeah. the home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. 
America's like beer? Radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Just a little minute there for us to stuff our faces. That's some spicy pizza. Yeah. Got a little... <laughs> I should... Uh, Speaking of spicy. Yeah. It's time for a little Adam and Eve action. That's right. Go to adamandeve.com right now and use coupon code BNARMY. And uh, you know what you get, right? We've already, we've told you about this before. You get uh, one item at 50% off. Uh. Just about any item they have, you can get at that. So you pick the expensive one. 50% off. Then you get three free adult DVDs. Uh, we've been discussing a lot of genres recently. Very numerous. Numerous amounts of, of, of uh, things. Yeah, and there's lots of them over there, but I think what we've discovered is if there's a genre that you want, it's there, and you get to pick one of your three free adult DVDs. And then, you know, when your internet goes down, mm-hmm. your boner doesn't. You, you, you still have access to... That happened to me on Friday. Wait a minute. My <laughs> internet window was like, really, dude? Right in the middle, right? Yeah. And you're like, mwah, mwah. <laughs> Because you weren't finished. No, well, I hadn't started. I was thinking about it. <laughs> and the internet goes down. Well, with your three free adult DVDs, you don't have to worry about it. See? Unless your power goes out. Uh, but then, but you, if you laptop, have a laptop. Yes! <laughs> so, listen, we're trying to help you out here. All right. Also, then you get uh, free shipping and a free gift, uh, a, f- a free extra gift. And, and I guess you get different gifts uh, depending on your order. Just use coupon code BNARMY for all of these wonderful things over at adamandeve.com. Uh, <clears throat> right now. You know what that one item uh, at 50% off will not be, according to Dan Del Grande, which is oh. the uh, is a, a bacon-flavored lubricant. Oh. She said he scoured Adam and Eve for that uh, item, and as far as he can tell, it doesn't exist. It does not exist. BN listeners could make a suggestion, and I bet Adam and Eve would go find it. Hmm. That tastes like bacon. <laughs> I, I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> oh, gross. I didn't say where. I didn't say what was going on. You have a dirty mind. My thought is, is that the one area that you don't want to be reminded of bacon? <laughs> yeah. I feel like bacon's appearance is not as appealing as its flavor. And and maybe that's the one place I could leave bacon out of the equation. <laughs> that's w- one of several. Yeah, I don't need to be reminded of, of bacon in, in various places of my life. <laughs> But that's certainly one of them. That's certainly so, one of them. So absolutely. while Dan might be correct, I don't know that it's a desirable thing, <laughs> is what I guess I'm saying. You know? <laughs> uh, anyway, go to adamandeve.com, use coupon code BNARMY. They're good to us, and they'll be good to you, too. Uh, how about a little beer news? Should we do that? Yeah. Okay. Beer news sounds fun. It's the Brewing Network's Beer News, brought to you by homebrewstuff.com. Man, homebrew stuff brings you guys a lot of stuff. Yeah. Do they not? Yep. God love those homebrew stuff people. They are bringing you... This very disturbing headline, actually. Maybe they are not so stoked that they are uh, being uh, branded with this uh, headline. From our uh, friends uh, to the north, an Alberta woman has pled guilty after her 10-month-old daughter drowned in homebrew. 
I don't know if you really? guys heard about this. Yes, oh, that's terrible. so bad, right? The, the poor girl's name was Lexi Ribbonleg. Wait, what? Lexi Ribbonleg, like the leg of a ribbon. Seventeen years from now, she'll be on the main stage. Let's be honest. Would have been. Yeah, I would be say anywhere. even that very unfortunate name Lexi. doesn't make me want to chuckle at this one. Yeah, and I'm like the worst at this. I no. will chuckle at almost anything, unless Lexi was spelled with three X's. <laughs> but if we, no, it's not yeah, laugh. but it wasn't so that right. so I didn't you know. Were we just no, having no, a conversation laughing. about laughing at tragedy, Scott? Uh, yeah, right. We were. So and what I'm, happened? I'm smiling, but it's a okay. Anyway, she uh, apparently drowned in a batch of homebrew while her mother uh, was passed out in their mobile home in a, re- a remote northern Alberta community. So picture mm. a lot of snow and a lot of trailers. Uh, details about the case. It, it actually happened last spring, but the details have emerged publicly for the first time this week in court. Uh, the Canadian press says uh, the baby's 12-year-old brother made the discovery last May when he came home from school. Uh, Mama's name was is Viola Ribbonleg. She entered, a gu- <laughs> she entered a guilty plea to charges of criminal negligence resulting in death for failing to provide adequate child care. Uh, she's scheduled for sentencing in July. Uh, Ribbonleg's son has testified that he saw Mama and some dude drinking beer in the trailer on the night of May 28th. Was that his testimony or your paraphrase of his testimony? That's my paraphrase. Okay. Mama's and yeah. some dude. You get Alberta, <laughs> and some dude. A 12-year-old from Alberta, Canada said, I saw Mama drinking <laughs> with some, some, dude. Dude. <laughs> some dude in a trailer. Just curious. Yeah. Um, there were much more pleases in there, though. I hope she didn't fall into a carboy, because then there was a whole other problem. <laughs> yeah. She was 12 well, months, not 12 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was wondering. We're going to get to that. It's, it's, uh, I'm interested to hear you guys' take on it. Anyway, the the um, the kid says that uh, mom was drinking May 28th and into the morning of the 29th, and that uh, she had asked him to come home at lunch to babysit for the afternoon, which he did. Uh, but the door was locked. He, he climbed in through a window, and there he found mama passed out on the floor. Two dudes passed out on the sofas, and mm. the poor baby drowned in the homebrew, which was, quote, in a crate beside the couch. In a crate. A crate, yes. So I think it was a lot of, some people will put like a bucket or a carboy in a milk crate so I, you can carry it easily. I think it was actually like a plastic bag. I read several articles, okay. but they lined the crate with plastic, I, I do believe. I, I feel like it is a gross misrepresentation to call this homebrew. Yeah, the, yes. They, yes. I feel like they made liquor at home <laughs> and they put it in a plastic bag. Yeah, it's like Pruno. And then it sounds like they were just sitting on the couch, like, dipping plastic cups. I, sh- I, I realize I'm taking a little bit of liberty with the story here, but it wasn't, like, being poured out of a bottle or no, a no. keg. No. Or they were just, like, dipping into this plastic I, bag. I think that's right, yeah. So uh, it, wasn't even, it wasn't carbonated. Absolutely. It wasn't cold. It was liquid. It was liquor. Yeah, yeah. It, it's unclear. You're probably right. It, it was clocking in. They did toxicology tests on it. Showed it was about eight percent ABV, yeah. uh, and that the the person who made it actually did did testify to the police. He told them oh. it was a. He told them it was water, rolled oats, sugar, potatoes, and yeast. Yeah, that's it, prison hooch. Dude. It had, yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. It had been left to ferment for about a week in the uh, plastic bag inside the crate, and it was indeed a milk crate. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you you hit the nail right on the head. That that's some that's white trash backyard prison hooch, dude. And, that's and, Pruno. Yeah, you know, semantics. It's one way or the other. The problem, I guess, I have with it with the misrepresentation with it being called homebrew mm-hmm. is the stigma it, right. th- that yeah. it could that okay. it could result in. That's why I don't like it. It's sort of like reporting with 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 when there's a dog attack. If it's um, if it's a pit bull, they always say pit bull attacks. If it's any other sort of dog. They say dog attacks. 
You see what I mean? They never say German Shepherd attacks, yeah. or they say dog, but they will specifically. And so it's it's almost the same thing. So that so that the word homebrew totally. will, you know, cause a rise in people. Oh, it's those homebrewers again. Do you think the people, it's a terrible thing? Do you think the nerds involved in the at home? Like do-it-yourself programming video game uh, hobby are all up in arms like this too because it's called homebrewing. It is. Yeah, we home, I homebrewed the video game. I have a you know uh, Pac-Man hack or whatever. Well, they shouldn't be up in arms because they clearly stole it. But, right. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. I think that you know, do you, I wonder if these nerds are sitting around uh, <laughs> with sky, the baby. Yeah, They're like, like oh. Oh, they misrepresent homebrewing. Right. We're not about that. We like to hack games. And it's probably not a big deal. I still, I just don't like the mislabeling. That's all because yeah. this clearly wasn't like homebrewing. Right. There's, I don't like the shitty parenting. It was yeah, yeah which I suppose is probably the more important. Oh, I thought Canadians <laughs> were so much better, and they're so polite, and they know Sorry. exactly. What I'm they not do. demeaning that. Like, no, you're I agree right. that. It, I mean, it, it would be more accurate to probably call that moonshine or something, right? Your point is still valid. Yeah. But <laughs> come on. Right. Yeah, she was passed out. A couple dudes passed out. Yeah. Son, come home. Did I hear that right? The son comes. She asked him to come home early from school to babysit. Yes. Not because she has a doctor's appointment. No. <laughs> because she's got to self medicate. Passed out. Oh, well, look, that let's kid's be gonna be fucked up too. Uh, the, the, you know, it's sad the the one who didn't make it, but the one who did make it isn't gonna make it. Found his <laughs> sibling. Yeah. And Great his mom's mom. now going to jail, mm-hmm. which might be good. Probably for the, the kid. best thing for him. Oh boy, a mess. It is a mess. It Drugs are bad. Okay. I'm all, all depressed now. Moscow, give me something. Yeah, little more I'm gonna go. I gotta throw away that plastic bag when I get home. <laughs> put a little. All right. On. Let's. Um, I don't even know if this is that uplifting, but it's it's a little better. Can't be an anti-depressant. Ten nuns were it's, raped. No, it's by, good point. This is a non by Mitch Steele. <laughs> this story is about uh, um, American light lager. Actually, it's uh, during Nestor- yesterday's uh, NASCAR Sprint Cup. I'm not sure any of us were watching it, but apparently Miller Coors began airing the first national advertising campaign for Keystone Light since 2011. Uh, Similar... Bevo, enough. Keystone. Hey! That wasn't me. A similar campaign for Miller High Life will start in April, and uh, AB InBev will expand its marketing of Bush Bush to year-round. Bevo, we get it. They've also introduced a fuller-flavored version called Bush Signature Copper Lager because... Because it is uh, all part of a push to reinvigorate the economy light lager category. Uh, below premium beer, they call it, uh, sales fell 3.5% last year. Uh, and this retreat is important because the segment brings in about $6 billion annually, accounts for fully one-fourth of the entire U.S. beer market, according to Nielsen. Um, they are trying to reinvigorate it because they, the average economy beer drinker spends a lot more, they say, than, than craft beer drinkers. About $252 oh. per, per person last year on beer, and they made mm. eight train. 18 trips to the store compared with $169 and 11 trips for the average craft beer drinker. <laughs> now featuring premium bush <laughs> lager. <laughs> Economy buyers skew older and male with lower than average incomes, as you might expect. Uh, the, seg- the segment was hit especially hard uh, when the housing and job markets crashed back in 08, and apparently they didn't switch to other beverages. They just simply bought less. That's the part I find ha- hard to believe, to be honest with you. There's an, you know, there's an old saying about the, the liquor business, the beer business, the alcohol business, is that when times are good, people drink. When times are bad, people drink. I'm surprised to hear actually people buying less of the cheap beer. Yeah. You should cut out something else, like totally. orange juice. <laughs> but you stick with your Keystone Light. <laughs> you, well, I speak from experience, by the way. I'm not judging. 
I know it happens. The statistics uh, you, you you would expect, yeah, but the statistics uh, kind of say otherwise. Interesting. Uh, cheaper loyalists aren't the only consumers Miller Coors wants to reach. They say craft beer drinkers also frequently purchase economy brands to supplement their favorite brands, again, according to Nielsen. I, you know, I, if I didn't know JP, I would have argued with that. I would have thought, well, that's ridiculous. But guys like JP do that. And they me buy too, the, for that matter. Yeah, the, like the light law. And I think there's yeah. several. Apparently, there's lots of you doing it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. All right, bad. so uh, keep your eyes open for uh, more of those commercials. I'm sure they'll be fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm sure we're all fed up with uh, legal disputes over brewery and beer naming rights. But uh, too bad, too bad. Here's another one. This time it is our friends at Anchor Steam versus the City Steam Brewery in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, you ever heard of them, Jay? Out of Connecticut? Yeah, I have. Actually. I think I've been there. Uh, City Steam has the <laughs> distinction of being the first legal target in the state of Connecticut, which has 27 active breweries. Uh, Anchor has asked a Connecticut judge to order City Steam to stop using the name uh, that has adorned its brew pub since 1997, so it's been a long time, oh. calling it confusingly similar to its own name. Uh, Anchor has also asked for civil damages and attorney's fees. 97, it seems like it took Anchor a little while. It, it took them a long time. Yeah. And uh, so City has been expanding distribution of its bottle beer over the past five years and is now selling in most of New England and New York. But that that actually was not the uh, what drew Anchor's attention. According to their attorney, James Kinnear, he said that Anchor first became aware of City Steam when the brewery filed an application in 2012 for a trademark on City Steam. See, why would they do that? I mean, that's what screwed them up. Yeah, you gotta not. That, if you already know that you're sort of halfway to an infringement, and by the way, they knew. You don't then go apply for trademark because what that does is it notifies everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it, it puts it out on the market, and the anchor people are on the lookout for those sorts of applications. They've got to search out for the word steam. Right, it gets flagged, and you get the opportunity to post an objection. It's part of the process. I think City Steam should have just kept doing what they were doing and left it alone. Well, had they, I mean, you know, th- that means Anchor, because it, it's hard to believe Anchor was not aware of their existence. It has the word Steam in there. They must have known about them. That's kind of my point. So they were being left alone. They might have continued just to be left alone. Yeah. Hmm. But what happens when they start, if if they're approved to, uh, to, to, to be licensed to some form of Steam, something similar, it gives them rights to all sorts of other stuff. So maybe Anchor wants to do something in Connecticut one day with Anchor Steam, which they've owned for clearly longer. They can't. Or vi- whatever happens. You see what I'm saying? So City Steam probably just would have been left alone. Hmm. I wonder what their reasoning was then. I guess you could say that if they're looking to grow and expand, it sounds like they're distributing in different places already. Then you're looking to protect your name so there can't be another City Steam. Hmm. But a little research or, or some good advice from a lawyer probably would have told them you guys don't want to do this you think you want to do this and it might help you in one place but it's going to hurt you more by the way very quickly if you're looking for a good trademark lawyer uh you you should use mine he's he's kind of a a badass just go to beerlawcenter.com and he's looking out for the hop grenade everywhere you go uh call john at beerlawcenter.com uh his phone number's right there he's ready to take your call and he does specifically does this for breweries I bet he would have given some great advice to this Connecticut brewery before they did their trademark application. Absolutely. At the very least, he would have outlined every outcome that they have ahead of them and the costs that they might be incurring, even if they win, and the whole deal. He's a very upfront guy who, who kind of takes a good look at the big picture. Go to BeerLawCenter.com and, and check it out. Well, you know he's real good because you can't really pronounce his last name. 
He told me not to. Yeah. After the first live read, which I thought I got his name right, but he's like, you could just say call John. You're right. He told, me the, he told me the same thing. He's like, although when you, when you said that my name wasn't even real, my wife laughed, but uh, yeah. you could just just call me John. <laughs> but John's a badass, and he's oh, here yeah. just for brewers. And so anyway, I, I bet he would have given some some good advice here. I'm curious how this one plays out, Moskowitz. We'll see what happens. Uh, Kinnear, the, uh, again, uh, Anchor's attorney, said that uh, Anchor was not opposed to City Steam's trademark application and uh, reached out to negotiate a possible agreement, but the negotiations fell apart. Oh. And uh, the uh, owner of City Steam is Jay Dumont. He said that uh, he intends to fight Anchor's claim, so I'm interested to see as well how it plays out. See, I, I don't know much about this, I uh, but that that name steam has been protected over and over and over Absolutely. again over the years uh they had a trademark very early on it's been held up time and again uh i i'd really be curious if 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 city steam even has a chance of beating it there's a lot of a lot of precedent yeah well and a lot of the opinion i was reading suggests that yeah they they do not have a chance yeah um, well i'm not siding either way city steam i mean got, good luck to you I, I don't mean that you're you're right or wrong i just mean that's it's i think you might have a tough road ahead and uh I wish both sides luck. I, uh, I always hate, everybody hates this part of it. Yeah, it sucks. And uh, Anchor, you know, it sucks for them. That, that they are not unfamiliar with legal disputes. I don't know if you guys remember, they, they were sued in 2011 by Sammy uh, over claims that it recruited one of Boston Beer's executives to steal trade secrets and the two sides reached an out-of-court settlement. Who knows if that'll happen in this case? Mm. Probably not. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's end it speaking to Sammy with the quote of the week from Jim Cox. In re- it, whatever in response to <laughs> in response to Sammy's uh, fourth quarter earnings report from 2013 that came out this week it showed a 52.4 million dollar increase over the same period from 2012 <laughs> oh my God. Mr. Cook's quote is I am pleased with our growth in 2013 and especially gratified that our flagship Samuel Adams Boston Lager one of the original craft brews mm-hmm. continued to grow in 2013 mm-hmm. as we enter our 30th year of brewing this beer mm-hmm. I am pleased that the Boston Beer Company continues to lead the craft beer industry both in innovation and variety, and that drinkers remain excited by our beers. May Samuel lead us on. That is the news brought to you by homebrewstuff.com, where it is March Homebrew Madness. Go to homebrewstuff.com slash promotions and uh, join the tournament. Tasty, we went into the wrong business. For sure. They didn't say $52.4 million, period. It was a $52.4 million <laughs> increase. Yep. Uh uh, oh, and that's one quarter, by the way. Oh, it was that is quarter? fourth quarter earnings report. Really? Uh, yes, sir. Are you sure? I'm positive. Fourth quarter of 2013. Holy ball sacks. And a huge net increase in, in overall shipments, shipments of Boston lager, shipments of everything. Yeah. Well, and, I'm happy about that. I mean, I like seeing their beer get out there, but uh, that's some money. That increase, too, was uh, despite increased ad spending, increased cost of, of uh, materials and labor. So no matter what, they're just they're raking it in. Mm-hmm. Wow. Gotta love it. I do love it. <laughs> I'd love it more if it was me. You gotta well, spend money true. to make money. Yep. That's true. Really? Yep. <laughs> There's a reason Coca-Cola brands are everywhere. There is? I think it's because they put cocaine oh. in their original product. That's my <laughs> assessment. How about I talk to Jim? See what he did back there in the 80s. I'll tell you what. Put a little cocaine in there and go anywhere. I heard something about cocaine found in a, some Canadian beer recently. I read something today. What? It was like a... I don't know if the beer got served or distributed or not, but it was like a, a smuggle. And, and it got put into a bunch of 
Mexican beer bottles imported into Canada. Really? Yeah. Uh, there you go. 390 liters of cocaine and methamphetamine were hidden inside more than 1,000 Mexican beer bottles found on pallets. Were they like, <clears throat> well, you don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was like diluted well, this was the liquid or if it was solid. The, oh, it was. The drugs had been shipped to Melbourne from Mexico. Oh, it was Australia. Okay. Of course it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thought it was the Canadians. Yeah. I can't tell the difference. You know? Well, like I said, this is April of 13, so it could have been. There's another one, uh, March of 12, uh, October 11. So apparently this has happened before. <laughs> and before July of 11. And, again, July, yeah. and before. Right. You know, so. Jim's last name used to be pronounced Coke. What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's how the sales started. <laughs> and then, you know, when, when uh, cocaine became uncouth in the 2000s, right. you had to change it to Coke. Right. Yeah. Is it K-O-C-H? Yes. Yeah. It is pronounced Coke. There you go. Says who? A patient I had today with the same exact last name who yeah. corrected me on pronouncing it. Well, but call, everyone call does Jim. it different because the uh, the stone dude is a cook, too. Same spelling, and he says cook. But he says cook. Yeah. So it just depends, you know. I called her cock. <laughs> See, that's why she corrected you. She's like, um... It's, that deserves a correction. Uh, she's like, it's not, um, never mind. It's like you pronounce Bob. Forget, I'm and I kind of it. knew it was Fine, wrong cock, anyway, okay. but I was My just going to My name is Sally Cock. All right? <laughs> Sally Large Cock. I'm tired of correcting you people. Yeah. I feel like my parents went a bit overboard with the large middle name, but... <laughs> but whatever. We have a good relationship, and I'm not going to ruin it now. SLK. Sally Large... Silky Large Cock. <laughs> Silky. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well... I think that wraps up our actual content for the day and brings us to JP's content. I have content. <laughs> what am I talking about? What am I doing? Uh, we have to wrap up the Twitter game. Probably the Twitter game. Line, please. Line. <laughs> uh, yeah, Twitter game. So I wanted a compliment. I was tired of uh, us getting a bunch of shit. Uh, I, we needed a compliment to balance out all the garbage that we usually get. So I'm curious Wayne, about this. Wayne Perry steps up and he says, uh, you guys are great. I don't think I'd kill any of you. That's a good compliment. <laughs> That's pretty decent, right? I, I mean, he sounds like one of us. And uh, The only problem I have with it is he doesn't think that he would. So yeah. it still leaves room for opportunity. Sure. Yeah. But that makes me relate to him. Mm, okay. Yeah. You struggle with wanting to kill us all also? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Else I don't think I would, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you never know what the future holds. I can't see the future. <laughs> right. Potato, potato. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew Bain writes, you are the best podcast I listen to every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's pretty nice also. Done on a Monday night in the middle of nowhere. Right. Okay. About beer. Good. Uh, Brian Sadivi writes, you are the best at compliment fishing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> pretty good. I mean, it's, it's accurate. That's that for is sure. Accurate. It's not, you know. Uh, Bokanon writes, you're such good podcasters! Exclamation point. Mm. Um, we do live radio. Right. It's not. That's a backhanded compliment. Live streaming audio, I guess. <laughs> Bradley Miles says, thanks for always being there when my wife is mad at me because I drank too much, spent too much on hops, or spent too long brewing. Well, you're fucking welcome. That's a good one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and then Jared Lambert uh, calls us pretty when he's drunk. <laughs> hmm. so, only, wait, uh, only like beer goggles? Just, that's rude. Well, I don't know. Maybe well, it's uh, rude if you're you. The rest of us yeah. think that's a compliment. <laughs> maybe when we're it's a good point. Maybe when we're drunk, we go to the bathroom, and put on more makeup. I don't know. Yeah. Do mm. I like the one about the wife and us, and that we're always there for him from Bradley? Yeah. All right. I, that gets my vote. I get it. I like it too. 
Is that it? That's all of them? That's all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want the pretty one, do you? Because they are talking about you then with beer goggles. Yeah, that's rude. That you got lumped in with the rest of us. I uh, always lumped. do. Yeah. <laughs> any other any pretty, other votes? Pretty lumpy. Uh, no, I'm fine with that Tasty. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I did like uh, You're the Best Podcast I listen to every once in a while. Yeah, I that do like great. that, too. Yeah. You want to oh, give yeah, them both I a prize? Like we could give them both a prize, sure. You want to be diplomatic tonight? I do sure. like them, but they're good. Yeah. You seem to have a split vote. Let's do it. All right. They both win tonight. JP will send you a prize. All you got to do is send an email to jp at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, he'll take care of that for you. Uh, I hear he's shipping lymph notes lately. So uh, if you want to... <laughs> got 23 of them pulled out. <laughs> got 23 lymph notes. Just They're sitting available. down there in the studio uh, next to the pepper jar. All right. Did you ask to keep them? I did, and he just looked at me. He's like, biohazard. I'm like, oh, fuck. I thought maybe he was wanting me to go to the show with him, but said I'm a scientist. I had the opposite happen. I had a cyst removed from my back, and she was like, hey, you want this? And I was like, hell hell no. I don't even want to see it. You're kidding. She asked if you wanted it? That's not right. You know, I I would have looked at it because uh, there was a story recently about a a baby who had a cyst removed from its brain. Had teeth in it. (laughs) What? Yeah, had teeth in it. So it was like a twin? Uh, no, apparently, well, well, like this, this certain type of of tumor or or mass uh, is related to calcium cells somehow. They don't really know how these grow, and every once in a while, you'll get this will happen where teeth will grow because these Ugh. certain cells can kind of form anything. So there'll be little bones or fingers, yeah, or whatever. And this one just happened to have teeth. I feel like you have two teeth growing on the front of your head right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you mean. What does that even mean? You should see an orthodontist about those. You should see Doc. Whatever. You guys are rude. I, we are rude, and I apologize. <laughs> At least you get apologies. I never would have thought about it unless you hadn't mentioned it. <laughs> they do. I mean, yeah, there's... Like, not just any teeth, either. Like, like vampire teeth. Like my scalp here. Like, teeth. That was Justin's contribution to the uh, compliment even, us on Twitter. <laughs> I don't even understand. Uh, <laughs> Brewingnetwork.com slash TV, everybody. That's where the video lives. If you want to know what we're talking about. All right. What are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to see? I don't understand. All right. Are we done? Yes. I think we're done. When's that hop grenade place going to be done? That's what I was wondering. Is there an estimated... uh, Well... What's the plan here? I'm guessing May, Moscow. I, I think yeah. May. Uh, yeah, we're, we're still holding out hope for uh, for late April. Uh, you, you know, you just never know with construction and, and stuff. It's unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, so uh, yeah. realistically, probably early May, yeah. Perfect. The problem with the... Here's one thing I, we're going to run into. We keep running... We, we know all these brewers, and we want them to come out to our grand opening. Well, we're opening in the time there's a bunch of other shit happening. So in early April, which we're probably not going to be ready for anyway, but we thought we would, that's CBC. So all the people that would otherwise be hanging out with us are going to be in Denver yeah. for the Craft Brewers Conference. Right. Well, the first weekend in May, Moscow, I just looked today, Boonville Beer Festival. Yes, and SoCal Homebrew Fest, and they're on the same day, so everyone's going to be gone. Well, the SoCal Fest might not happen because oh, of, of those legal issues that we have. Yeah. But the Boonville, every Bay Area brewer yeah. goes to Boonville. And by the way, I hope we will, too, this year uh, with you know no SoCal Fest. Anyhow, that kind of screws us for that weekend, too. Yeah. My money's on the second weekend in May, but there's so much up in the air. But that's where my money is. Second weekend in May, the Hop Grenade. Uh, right now, you can go to thehopgrenade.com. It's just a landing page. But actually, within the next week or two, there's probably going to be an actual website there that starts to give you information. I'm not gonna, uh, we also have social networks getting ready to go, but 
We'll give it out as soon as we. There's a bunch of blank pages right now. Well, we, so. we can plug uh, Twitter, right? Because I'm, I'm starting to do stuff on that. Yeah, you could do that one. Twitter.com yeah. slash the hop grenade. Yeah, construction pictures, and you can uh, follow the progress. Yeah, so we are. Put, that's right. There's a bunch of empty space photos there. See what it looks like. <laughs> and that's uh, <laughs> hop grenade. Is that the hop? Uh, yeah. At, at the hop grenade. Yeah. Hop grenade. You've, ever, you've never seen an empty the room. The hop grenade. Now's your chance. Oh, the hop grenade. I don't know. Let me check. Is it the? It's the. Yeah, twitter.com slash the hop grenade, right? Yes, sir. Because I think there was another hop yeah. grenade out that hasn't been used. There's like four people on her. I think someone had nabbed it before I got there. Should we sick John at Beer Law Center on that? I don't know if we have legal claim to a Twitter name. Yeah. It's not illegal. If they're longer, especially because they're not doing anything with it. Well, he's an attorney. Can't he argue that it is somehow? <laughs> he would more be arguing, ar- arguing, arguing uh, to the Twitter people to say, hey, there should be no placeholders. Give it back to the people. I, see, I can see that making national headlines. Mm, give us our Twitter back. Yeah, and give him some uh, a boost to his beer law business. That's our campaign. <laughs> All I'm right. sure it's never happened before. A good question, Tasty. We have more information coming out about that soon, including where to send your applications. and think, Don't oh. send it to me now. Some of you have done that already. Some of you have done it and you work for other places <laughs> in our immediate area code. Okay. Don't do that. I can't. That's uh, don't do that. Right. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to do? You know what you should do is um, when they come out, you got to download the uh, Brew Strong episodes about landing a job in a brewery. We just did those last week, and that I just will posted give you one today. Oh, there you go. And yep. that'll that'll learn you what but to do and what not to do. We're not a brewery. Well, whatever. Close enough. Close enough. It's close enough. Thank you. All right. Oh. That's my answer. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, man. Let's go. Uh, next week, what do we have? The 2013 Homebrewer of the Year? Yes. Annie Johnson yes. is going to join us. And she's brewing on that crazy contraption that brews without knowledge. The Pico Brew Zymatic. She's bringing in her a unit, as it were, and uh, we'll do a little test brew. Is that sexist? I wonder if I should wait to brew my beer and have her do a Schwartz beer on that. For wow. you? Because she's going to brew it here, right? Yeah. With yeah. the thing? Yes. In the automated thing. That's it. I could press the go button. If I press the go button, That's it's brewing. It's my my beer. Yeah, mm. it'll probably come out great. What I hear. <laughs> all right, all that's next week uh, and more. JP, get us out of here, will you? Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Tickets are on sale now for the Bacon and Beer Festival, Sunday, March 9th in Jack London Square in Oakland. Check out baconandbeer.net slash Oakland for all the deets. JP is trying to be funny over on Twitter. Give his ego a much-needed boost and follow him at Major Jip. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. If you want a job with a hop grenade, do not email Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com right now. Production director on the session has been pushed eject tonight's show has been produced by scott maskowitz jp is still here sorry about that your call screener and one of us was bebo and your host was justin crossley be sure to find the network on facebook and twitter